Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Everton Fan Focus Podcast. This week, the two Marks are joined by Robert Daniels and David O'Keefe as we look back on the disappointing defeat and exit to the Europa League at the hands of Dynamo Kiev and also look at the QPR victory last Sunday in the Premier League. So it's been over a week since our last game and our last victory, Mark. I'll come to you first. It's yep. been an upturning fortune in the league. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I know there was a, a disappointing result a few days earlier, but to the QPR game? Yeah, just like the QPR game was a must-win, wasn't it? I mean, it just didn't bear thinking about what would happen if we lost that game. To be honest, the sort of the Kiev disaster, sort of my approach to the QPR game was I can't be bothered with it, even though it was a massively important game. I was so down about what happened at Kiev. Um, but you know, it, sort of, it was a little bit of paracetamol to the migraine that was Kiev, the win of QPR, badly needed. Um, and I thought, you know, if only we'd shown 10% of that fight in Kiev, we'd still be in the Europa League right now. It was like the, the hangover, wasn't it, from the European exit? But I think uh, I was disappointed to see us crash out in such a style. But it was, as you say, such a massive win in, um, in the Premier League. And obviously the league positioning, we were looking over our shoulder. It was looking a lot more precarious two weeks ago, wasn't it? But yeah. It seems to have been, I mean, I know like we, everyone's saying 40 points and all that, we're on 34 right now. To be honest with you, I, a part of me still thinks we're, we're, we're safe as we are, to be honest with you. I can't see the bottom three clawing back. It'd be 10 points effectively with the, the goal difference that we've got. Just can't see any any teams down there putting together that kind of run, and I do think we'll be Burnley a good son as well. So for me, I think still more points like to Shea be had. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're nearly done. Yeah, the worry sort of didn't last too long, did it? How about you, Rob? Anyway, welcome to uh, Everton Fan Focus. Thanks for coming on. What, what are your Jeez, thoughts man. on uh, the last cu- Thanks, the last Rob. couple of games? I mean, obviously yeah. we'll come to the season as a whole in a minute, <laughs> but the QPR game's the most recent one, and it was a yeah. vital win, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, I, I went on to QPR. To watch that game, and it was great, you know, great yeah. day. Uh, and obviously, uh, I much needed three points. Definitely. And like uh, Mark said earlier, it was desperate for us to win, you know. Uh, and I understand what he's saying about after the Kiev game. Yeah, I was a bit like, 
I'm sorry, sorry I beat my coach now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, it, yeah. but once it was on the coach and we were on our way and everything else, yeah. and once we were in the ground, it was great. Yeah, it was, yeah, great, great performance. And I know there was still shaky moments in the game, but you know, we've done a, enough. The it, was fight was, of, uh, it was like winning ugly, wasn't it? It was like it was what we haven't done yeah. this that many times this season or at all, really. We, Definitely. we didn't play well, did we, Rob? No, and we needed to fight and win ugly, you know, at times. There's no shame in that, by the way. I know everyone goes on about the perfect football and everything, but, you know, in my mind, yeah. there's just time and a place, you know, where you have to, you know, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be route one. You know, it can be a pass into the midfield and then a pass through a through ball and it's direct football. That doesn't mean route one. Well, like that goal yeah. against Newcastle when Jagielka yeah. put it up the field. Yeah. The, the touchdown from Lukaku and the next thing, Lukaku's run and it's in the back of the net, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than 100, pa 100 passes to get to get it to your wide men. Yeah. I, I completely agree and I, I thought it was vital and but it did feel a bit like a non-entity after such a catastrophe on Thursday night and to that game, fellas, um, obviously I didn't go, did, you didn't go, no, did I didn't you? Go, yeah. I, uh, watching on the telly. I just I felt distraught because of the manner we went out and this Europe, Europa League campaign overall has been brilliant to watch. It's been really, like it's filled us with pride. The comparisons with the league couldn't be any more different. But to go out in that manner, I couldn't believe it. No, it was like, you know, you don't believe, like I said a few times, oh, it's been our one and only comfort blanket this season, hasn't it? You know, where it's brought the best out of us and we've sort of saw the Everton the last season. But we went out horribly in Kiev. It was, there's ways to lose a game, there's ways to get beaten. There's, it's just the way we have to We just hardly, just totally. Yeah. 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 The way we've done it, no team would implode like that. I don't, you know, the some, some of the goals, like, really come back to well, that's what I was going to say to you. Some of the goals were like, you're not, you're not keeping them out, but the decision making in, in terms of starting Alcaraz, I know we had a good game against Newcastle, but Newcastle are a different side to a European side mm -hmm. away from home. Yeah, let's be honest, Andy. Newcastle are a side with nothing to play for at Goodison Park. No. Um, yeah, I think, I, th I think you're right on the Alcaraz thing. He did have a good game against Newcastle. But the, the overriding factor is you've got to play your best players. And I don't think there's an Evertonian out there that wouldn't agree that John Stones is a better player than Alcaraz. Yeah. And well, ultimately, yeah. I think if we'd have been in the team, we might have went through. That's it also it. sort of makes thin margins, isn't it? It is. It also makes the, the sort of Tim Howard decision even worse because Martin has said that you know Tim Howard was his number one choice, you know, regardless of how Robles was doing. I'm not going to make this about Tim Howard, but why didn't the same apply to John Stones in that case then? So regardless of how Alcaraz was against Newcastle, the minute John Stones was fit and he'd been on the bench against Newcastle, so he was do, fit. Do, do, do you think it's got any, sorry? Do you think it's got anything to do with the fact that Martin has brought Alcaraz here? I mean, managers tend to like to get their own players that they've bought in so they can... Exactly. Almost trying to prove a point, like yeah, he's had a good game against uh, Newcastle, this lad can go and do it again in Europe. But yeah. we all know, Alcaraz, he's like, he's made of glass, isn't he? He's, he's one of them who... Yeah. He started three games in a week, didn't he? Yeah. That must yeah. be the first time, and I don't know how long he's done that. Yeah. So for him to do it in such a, probably our most important game of the season, it was another testing and questionable decision by the manager. I think if John Stones plays that game, the worst we're doing is getting beat 3-2 and then we're, coming, we're going through. Yeah. I, I, think, I think at times in that game, he looked like a punch-through boxer, didn't he? <laughs> he, he did, didn't he? Yeah. He looked like he was staggering everywhere. I think it was the it, third was goal, wasn't it, when he missed the header? Yeah. I was like, I was ready to just throw my telly out the window. I was absolutely, I was disgusted by it just because I thought, you know, with a little bit more about us and maybe a bit more better decisions from the manager, we could have really... <laughs> 
sorted out because we were still in we were still in the game even behind going behind there but we just it was just sucker punch after sucker punch and then the heads went down and you thought if you're playing against a defender like that you're only gonna be full of confidence aren't you? Let, let's let's maybe hope it could have been uh, Roberto's Glen Keely moment. It's similar thing happened to our Kendall, didn't it? You know, he played yeah. the defender and yeah. He, he, he reminded me of him on that day, you know, because I was at that game as well. I'm that old. Yeah. I was at that 5-0 whooping we got there. It broke me out that day. And as much as, well, yeah. worse than the Kiev one, but the Kiev was just as bad. You know, as well, it was that yeah. kind of performance from, um, was, from Alcaraz, yeah. wasn't it? I yeah. mean, that's the most galling thing about that game was the Kiev. All right, he scored a great goal in the first, but there was a good goal, but... You know, no closing down if you're going to be critical, but they didn't really have to do anything special. Didn't they? they worked out after five minutes, all they had to do was put the ball in the box and you can handle it. That's that was it. really disappointing. That's why I felt so disappointed by it because I thought some of the performance we put in in Europe to then go away and to lose in such fashion, and especially after the, the, the two previous games we'd had, um, our form this season comes in fits and starts, doesn't it? We, as soon as we do something good, we do something bad. One step forward, two steps back, and all that. But I thought like the uh, the Kiev win at Goodison and then the Newcastle win, and everyone was geared up, wasn't he, for another European jolly and planning ahead. Look, still, you know, on the road to uh, Warsaw and thinking we've still got this, as you said, comfort blanket and something to look forward to. But for, to have it wiped away, it was such, it was it was very tough to take. And then you're trying to get motivated for QPR, but like so you, Rob, going down there on a Sunday afternoon, thinking why the hell am I bothering? But then obviously we come away with the victory. The league position looks slightly better, but that looks slightly better, you know, when we're out of Europe. So it's like, oh, no one's, no one's that, that bothered anymore about the rest of the league, the rest of the season. It's, it's you typical Everton, totally isn't it? Happy with Everton, can you? There's always something that's, that's, you know, that brings something else down, no matter how how happy you feel at times. You get to thinking, you know, we just want safety. Yeah, and then let's get the season over with and see what, what the summer brings really don't we yeah. you know but, that, I mean? but that, that's what I've been saying all along you, you can't enjoy Europe because we haven't had safety we've had that over our shoulder now as soon as we get that it's too late because we're out of Europe it's just it's just yeah. that's the life of an Evertonian I suppose isn't it Definitely. well the, the QPR game I mean there weren't many positives to take if any from Kiev or uh, QPR what about uh, Aaron Lennon I mean we picked up a couple of injuries which we'll come to but Aaron Lennon's performance, um, and he obviously was yeah. the match winner with the goal. Um, I want to get your views on him. What do you think? Is he worth six million as well? That's another thing he's been reported to be for me available. For me, is Mark definitely. I know he's a massive upgrade on McGeady on, on, on that side, but also Lennon has got that sort of. He's not. He's not like getting on. He's still 27. He's still got a good quality here. His, his Premier League experience, which I think counts for a lot, but also. Is I totally underestimated just how good he was at sort of the defensive side of it, and all that sounds a bit more. He's like, but I mean, you know, he's, he has got quality going forward, and he's pacey and worries defenders. But for me, the whole sort of package he brings down the right, chasing back and helping out, and it also I don't think it's any coincidence that Coleman has looked a lot better with with Lennon in the team as well. Yeah. Coleman's, you know, Lennon can sort of cover him defensively. Sort of helping our right hand side a lot in being. Well, I think Col- Coleman has a he has a nightmare, didn't he? Um, away at Kiev. Yeah. In terms of his general form in recent weeks and months, he, he has he has it improved. Yeah. I, I remember having a conversation with you after the Newcastle game about it. That relationship down there, yeah. he, he does track back, doesn't he? Gets his body in the way as well, which Lennon. is another side to his game. I, yeah, I actually yeah. like Lennon. Yeah, I yeah. think I think everything Mark said spot on. And for six million, I mean, let's face it, nowadays. For you an know. Englishman as well, oh, yeah. absolutely. So, what yeah. would six million be to you know, like uh, you know, um, 
Man United or Man City or it's it, it, it's like yeah, yeah hundred thousand pound signing. Spend that on the reserve keeper, yeah. It's not yeah. nowadays, so yeah, and a great squad player. And I actually think his energy and um, you know the way he, he approaches the game, yeah, it, it it makes everything pick up a little bit. It sort of Definitely. it only takes one man to start Definitely. a bit of movement like that, you know. Seen. A, Morales win that penalty he's been passive the way no, he's no, 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 that's you know what I, he brings isn't he like you, know? you said the, the, the defence he was covering he was everywhere yeah. he was yeah. it's, it's uh, energy isn't it and it's, it's wit that we've been crying out for yeah. people, people knock his goal record in recent years as, you know he, he doesn't score too many a lot of people said his, you know, his, his finishing product wasn't great yeah. and all that but, but see for the energy and drive and for the, the cover and everything else he brings to the game but yeah, I think he's a great squad man, you know what I mean and I think that's a unanimous then that if we, if we had 6 million to spend um, we would definitely take Aaron Lennon I think he deserves massive praise for coming in um, you know his attitude maybe in question his fitness and, and his time at Spurs but he's come in with a sort of a point to prove and I think he's proven it yeah. he's doing really well it's just unfortunate that he wasn't available in Europe because who knows you know against the likes of Kiev yeah, could have been yeah. a different story Um we have had we've had McGeady Morales I think we'll, we'll all agree on that Morales he's not going to stay around for long is he no McGeady he's well, not going to stay around for long been a complete mystery since New Year's Day Peanut older injuries yeah. who have you got out there Atsu's on loan so in terms of a long term plan if we can sort of get Lennon in the side and if you, if you think about it going forward you've got the likes of uh, Ross Barkley Lukaku Aaron Lennon they're the sort of players who feed off each other yeah. they thrive yeah. on that energetic play don't they it's the right kind of signing for, you know, that we need to add to the squad definitely you don't need any more sort of over the hill players you know he's, right, he's the right kind of guy not, not just that for years we went with those pace yeah. in the team didn't we you know, Everton never scored on the break for years, the Davy Moyes years, if you like. No, you know, we never. Absolutely. For some reason, he was against pace or whatever it seemed to be to me, you know. And yeah. So yeah. it's great to have him in the, in the team. He now, was, you're right. Yeah. It's definitely a refreshing sight. I think the likes of Jaggy Elker and Stones deserve praise for the QPR victory as well because we did come under the cosh. And there was a one point in that game I tweeted and said, you know, we're holding on against QPR. This is how bad it's become. And I think it probably does sum up our season, but we haven't done it. Whereas we've gone up the other end, as you've just said, we attack with pace, we get a goal. Coney had a hand in both goals as well. I thought he'd done well. He, he laid got it absolutely in. Absolutely slated for that his performance, didn't he? He got slated, but when you watch the, the replay yeah. of the goals, he's, he's heavily involved in both of them, yeah. as is Leon yeah. Osman. Um, and I, I just thought, well, that's something we haven't seen enough this season: winning ugly, being a bit of an arlass, <laughs> and getting a result away from home. Because let's be honest, QPR deserve more. Probably more than a point on last the other yeah. Sunday, and we come away with all three. And now the, the league table were far more re- relaxed looking towards it. So, but um, obviously we've got Southampton this Saturday. Doesn't get any easier, does it? They're flying high still. What do you think of that, lads? Do you think confident or? I, I'll tell, tell you what. I, I, I think I, I expect Everton to win. Yeah. But whenever we're at home. You know, I expect Everton to win, and that's the way it, it's always been, the way it always should be. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who you're playing. I mean, let's face it, you know, we've beat over the years, we've always beat the likes of the Man Cities, and yeah. we've, we've beat teams at home. We yeah. mightn't have done very well away, obviously, when we didn't in three years, but, but at Goodison, yeah, Southampton, you know, we've just got to go out there and go at them, but you've got to go at these teams with a bit of pace as well, you know, a bit of, bit of energy yeah, and a bit more, rather than all that. 
slow stuff at the back for, for the seeker pass. It's like passing well, like, seeker pass. If, if anyone's going to try and yeah. put us to the sword by us playing that way, it'll be Southampton. Because look at the likes of that Mane up front, you yeah. know, Pele. They, yeah. They're decent players, aren't they? They've got some good wingers, uh, that Ward Prowse, Nathaniel Klein, even at right back. I remember when. Well, they wiped the floor with us, didn't they, on the South Coast I think before Christmas? I think that's the big track. We owe them one for <clears throat> that result in South. We just were abysmal that night. Uh, yeah. There's nothing from that game, was there? We do owe them one. There is the pride element of that. But I also agree with Rob. I think Everton are just sort of ready to start winning routinely now a little bit more. We sort of tend to do this, don't we? We have a disaster. Like, if you remember, we got knocked out by Liverpool in the Cup semi and then a different team turns up at Old Trafford and, and in that four-all draw. I think we tend to respond well. Yeah. To, to massive disasters when it's too late really but you know I, I so adversity so it's like we, we'll win games in half the rest of the season well, the field well, the the months back in, but really the past <laughs> say four Maybe months not. it's been traumatic hasn't it it has been it's been terrible, awful hasn't it terrible season yeah, really. yeah. Christmas I don't think I don't think the sun the sun shone once on Christmas it was the darkest period been, me and you have spoke a lot of this and obviously Rob's here as well I wanted to get your views Rob on what exactly has gone wrong this season I mean I think a lot of us have been, we've been obviously quick to criticise Martin as certain players. Um, but overall, it's just it's been a, a real disappointment, especially com- in comparison to last season. But is there anything in particular you think that has, has come back to haunt us, or what? What are you pointing your finger at? I don't know. I, t- I tell you, it was early season. I can't remember the the, the, the games now, but I think we won two games or three games on the run or, or we, you know three good results and then he changed the team completely for the next game I can't remember exactly yeah. which game it was now and he changed the team completely for the next game and we lost and I thought why would you do that and that, that to me is infuriating yeah. same again with the Newcastle game to the you know um, and, and then bringing other players in when, yeah. you know I'm a firm believer in you, you, you never change a winning team not unless it's forced through injury or whatever. So I think he's put the skids under us himself. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, um, a bit of naivety at a club like ours or whatever, but he's definitely done it once or twice a season. I think he's shown himself to have favourite trap, hasn't he? Well, that I can't stand. That's again, that's a bit of Davy Moyes with the, the, the Phil Nevilles and, and, and this type of thing, you know, and yeah. persistently playing them when they're out of form and. You know, and, and, and again, play, players out of position. And there was a time there where we played, it was Naismith, Barkley, and Eto behind Lukaku. I mean, they, 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 there was no one wild. I mean, I, even the, the, what was the last game? Was it was at the Newcastle game. Yeah, yeah. There, was a, there was a point there, and I know we won, but there was a point there in the, the Newcastle game where I think Coleman or Baines or somebody had Garber, sorry, Garber, yeah. had the ball. And there was no one in front of him because. They'd all come inside because they they naturally want to play behind the forward, you know what I mean? So, and that listen, I'm in favour of Martinez staying, being a success, and I want him to be a success, which is why I've stopped or stopped short of calling for him to be sacked, if you like. You know, and I know a lot of people have, and that's their opinion, and you've got to respect everyone's opinion, but he has been infuriating at times, like now he's gone to like. One winger now for some reason. It's like we only play one wide man. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. So it's, it's almost like he's always accommodating for something or yeah. accommodating for somebody. You yeah. know, one yeah. of his favourites or positionally. I get, yeah. I've had that, like the Naismith Barkley thing we've talked about a lot, haven't we? Yeah. But now it's like throw Coney in, but yeah, you've got Lennon outright. <laughs> 
there's no one that naturally left, is there? No. So the team, in terms of its position and its layout and its setup from the off, is like it doesn't match, does it? It's like you're either going to play four four two or you're not. You know what I mean? Don't play fucking four three yeah. Yeah. one yeah. one. One, but that, those N three ones are are here, there, and everywhere. Do, do, do you know what that reminds me of? When um, Moyes was here, and we had Pinard and Baines yeah. down the left, obviously, and it was great, wasn't it? You know, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the teams worked us out, and that was our main attack, and so they stopped us there. And for years, if you think, you know, we were screaming out for a right winger, and they yeah. hung Osman out there on the right feet for years, and yeah. and he kept, and then he started buying, you know, him. Um, or he was trying to get right wingers or whatever and going, we've got no one for the right well it wasn't a right winger we needed it was a left winger because in reality Pinar's right footed yeah so we had the right winger well, in played him there because he'd gone on well yeah, yeah well you know what, what yeah. I'm saying is he, yeah, no, he, no, no. He, he, he didn't have to just limit himself to a right winger and we, we seemed unbalanced in them days at times well I think for all Pinar's problems and people saying he's sort of maybe over the hill a bit we've missed him because he makes yeah. the ball stick in the final third and Leon Osman was something I wanted to get your views on, lads, as well. And there's a, st- a stat there I couldn't believe after the QPR game. I've just read Since that. the beginning of the 2013-14 season, Everton have had a win ratio with him in the side starting as of 62%, which is 21 games out of 34, whereas the ratio of him not starting is a win percentage of 24%, which is eight games out of 34. It's incredible, really, isn't it, considering he's been a scapegoat and I'm not saying I haven't criticised him because I've probably slagged all of them off at one point. Yes. Um, but he's been a real scapegoat, Osman, as has McGeady, as has Jagielka this, this season. I think every Tim Howard, Barry, let's be honest, we've, we've done this before, yeah. haven't we, Marcus? But we've named every name. Um, that's an incredible stat, and I think bringing him back in, it showed his effect that he has on the team because he can take the ball and he can take it forward, whereas this season we've lost the ball, we've been punished, haven't we? He's just calmed it down a bit, Osman, hasn't he? You know, the work. Uh, to be honest, I'm not Leon Osman's biggest fan. I, I, I was in the early days, but sort of grown tired of him uh, towards. But what Osman brings is like that sort of composure on the ball and his ability to look up and find the pass. I welcomed him when he came back into the team because I just thought there was no direction we were going in, but he offers that, doesn't he, a little bit. And with Dave Gibson coming back in as well. Oh, but, definitely, um, yeah, yeah. I think Osman. Yeah, it's definitely been a welcome addition to our teams. No coincidence, I was also picked up, like you say, but, you know, amazing to me. I've, I, have, I have gone to town on him a few times, Osman, but, you know, he has... I think we all have, Rob, you're probably the same. Have, but yeah, the definitely. thing is, with the likes of Osman, the likes of Pina, they're reliable they're reliable players with the ball at the feet. Ross Barkley is coming for huge criticism this season. It's been unbearable of Goodison because he's getting the ball and he's losing it and he can't keep the ball and can't make it stick. Lukaku can't because people are expecting him. Ball's fired up to him and he chests it down, turns and shoots on a sixpence and it's in the back of the net. We know it doesn't happen like that. Whereas you get the ball to the likes of Pina, the likes of Osman, the likes of Aaron Lennon, they'll take it to the byline, they'll make it stick, or they'll get the body in front, like, yeah. they'll be a bit of a, an arse again, using that cl- word, cl- but they'll draw a foul, you know what I mean, like Lennon did for the penalty against Newcastle, yeah. it's these sorts of players that keep the ball up to the end of the pitch. Like Arteta done for years. Yeah. Yeah. Cle- exactly. Clever players, ball players in the middle of the park, who can do that little shimmy and just sidestep and pick a pass out. Definitely. And, yeah, clever, no, we've missed Osman, yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I have been one of his, well, as big a critic as anybody else about him, but... I criticised him for years because he was playing right wing at times, you yeah, know what I mean? I mean who on earth would play him on the right wing? You know, Magnus, <laughs> you know, he hanging to play him out to try doing that, but exactly. yeah, in that position, 
in you know just behind the forwards. Yeah, he's, he can be lethal, and especially at home. Yeah. See, Goodison, he'll yeah. get the free kicks. But same, I used to say this with Arteta, with him, and a couple of other players. Radinsky, when he was here, them players are yeah. great at Goodison, but you see away from home, they're no good because they get pushed over and they never get the free kick. No, so I think right. they, 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 they yeah. should, you know, be going to play. Sympathy when you're at home. Well, because because like the home crowds are. In this case, uh, you push them over again. And, yeah. You know, and I think that's you're right. But we it's have been, missed them definitely. It's been interesting to see Osman come back in and. Obviously, Pienaar, he's returned to training today, I think, even. It's a full training. Yeah. Um, with the likes of them, it'll be interesting to see who he picks and, and what he does from now to the end of the season in terms of his team selection. But their players, I think, we've missed and we need. There's just a bit of creativity and a bit of guile in the final third, whereas it's been firmly on the weight of Ross Barkley, Kevin Morales, obviously Morales... <laughs> He's going to go off to Pastors New. I'd be very surprised if he was at Everton this time next year. Um, the likes of Ross Barkley is, and but he's a, he's a young kid. Lukaku is a young kid. You know what I mean? He's, they've carried the weight, and especially like John Stones yeah. as well, James McCarthy. There's a lot of young lads in there, and it has been it's been it's been hard to watch, hasn't it? Because you think the likes of Gareth Barry, Jagi Oker, he's been brilliant. Um, over the years, hasn't he? You know what yeah. I mean? But he's had a bad patch this season. Even Coleman, Baines, they've been a bit off colour. It's been difficult to watch these like real professionals who have come to appreciate so much basically yeah. play out of form and with their heads down. Mm, great. I think I think coming off a, um, a World Cup year, you know, maybe maybe that's had some sort yeah. of part in it, you know. I, I think Predominantly in the past, uh, you know, people have said that, you know, like coming off a World Cup year, it, it affects players, and, and maybe that's why they've had a bit of a. And I think the poor pre season has really come well, out. I mean, the pre season, I was totally thinking, well, it's okay, he must have it sorted, he must have it sorted, but he didn't. He had nothing sorted, it was all off the cuff. And we, I think, to be honest, I said it before, that Everton started the season with two draws, yeah. um, and it, which should have been two wins. Two wins, And yeah, I think if we could have blacked it with two yeah. wins and then gone on, yeah, we didn't. We were sitting on two points, weren't we? So it was like, um, I, agree with you. Yeah, totally. I think that's totally affected the team at the start of the season, and pre-season was a direct consequence. Well, a lot of people you know, always relate back to the, the pre-season and say it's a bit of a farce, and Roberto went over there to do his punditry, didn't he? Yeah. We've had players like the likes of Lukaku come back with a toe injury, and he was our big striker, you know, big striker yeah. from last season, big signing. But yeah. he had this lingering injury, and I think from the off, people have seen it sort of build and build, and you think it's been a gradual. Eventually, we, we didn't do too bad, did we? If you think about it, until say October time, no, early yeah. November, but then. The shit started to hit the fan. Yeah. Um, the wheels come off the wagon. Yeah. The wheels come off, and it was not longer like a bad start. It was, it was December, January. Yeah. It was, was painful. I mean, the, I look back to that Southampton game, Stoke game, the Newcastle game, and I thought I, it took me back to me, my childhood, to be honest, because you know I'm yeah. a little yeah. bit younger than you used to. But I remember, I remember the likes of it. Uh, Walker starts the season. Yeah, over I, I remember it, and I remember the Walter Smith days, and thinking, fuck it. We're being beat by some poor side here, but yeah. at the end of the day, with all due respect, some of these sides have outclassed us and outplayed us and outfought us, so we yeah. deserved what, we, what we've been given a lot of yeah, the time. Yeah, and the right to look down on them, haven't we? They've been better than us on a lot of occasions. It's just um, a better pre-season for me, a more prepared pre-season, and sort of right kind of thinking that went into our previous pre-season. By the way, Moy sort of prepared that, didn't he? So that probably says a lot. So it's, you know, the, the, the other aspect is, I think, um, 
Martinez said he needed six or seven players. Yeah. To you know to to cope with the season, and we virtually ended up with just one player, didn't we? So. Well, that, you know. that is exactly a point I wanted to talk to you about. I remember getting excited by him saying, I need six or seven players here. I thought, hang on, we've just finished fifth. Highest points tally in the Premier League forever yeah. since it began. And now he's talking about signing six or seven players. But ultimately, supporting Everton, you just you, you know it's not going to be the case. And yeah, we've gone out and we've signed Lukaku, we signed Mo Bezic, we got Atsu on loan. We got Eto for what felt like a flash in the pan. But really, we lost a couple of players. We were probably, as you say, Rob, we were probably plus one, maybe plus two at most in terms of the numbers. There was no sort of investment in the defensive areas. No. So we're relying, we're relying really upon the likes of Luke Garbo to come through, yeah. Yeah. who has been limited with his chances, really. Yeah. Mo Bezic comes into a midfield where you've already got a packed number of midfielders. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Darren Gibson coming back. I mean, if he wasn't injured, he'd be in that side every week. He would have been since he signed Alan Gibson because he was class when he first got in the side and I won't forget that. Two years and two, three years ago, yeah. Brilliant passing ability. I think he showed that. But again, he's unfortunately picked up an injury. So you look, you think Bezic is going to sort of take a year or two to grow into it. And he has, he's had his time, hasn't he, this season? But he's gone missing now because he's trying to manage him well. But yeah, I think that was another major thing. We should have really it was as a statement gone out and made that statement but it yeah. was almost like we'll get by on the Lukaku deal yeah they hit behind the, I think the board for, to a certain degree and a lot of fans sort of accepted alright we've gone out and beaten our chance for a record that's it but it was never enough was it we needed defensive reinforcements I think, I think I, I, you know when the season finished last year I said it's a must we, we've got to buy Barry and we had to buy Lukaku. Yeah. You know, they, they, they made our season, the, the season before. Yeah. They, they the biggest things. I changed Everton, didn't it? We had an experienced midfielder come in who looked great. Yeah. And, and Lukaku was phenomenal. I understood what Martinez said when he, he said, oh, you know, we need to buy him. I'd pay more for him. It doesn't matter. And I agreed with him. And I still do. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not one of these people I believe 28 million was too much for him. And I'm, I've always said this, by the way, even when people were slagging or moaning yeah. on the yeah, yeah. I've yeah. said that consistently all the yeah. time. And I think a lot of fans blamed Martinez and went, well, he blew the budget on Lukaku. Well, that's unfair, isn't it? Yeah. That's unfair because so, if we want to dine at the top table again, yeah. you'd have to start thinking in them terms of like, you know, your £5 million player now, that's what it was talking about Alan Lennon before. Exactly. You know, that's ten a penny. The, the ten a penny now. In, you know? in, in, in relative look, terms, look, yeah. Look at what other clubs are spending. You know, yeah. If we want to be back in that big five, big six, like what we always were, and, yeah. you know, and to me they still are, but it's a pity, you know, I don't want to get into another subject at the moment, but it's a pity the board went, you know, I didn't yeah. think that way, but... Well, well, that's definitely something we'll come to. The board, the off-field matters is definitely something we need to discuss here. But I I, I can see that. And maybe, yeah, I was a bit blown away by the Lukaku deal myself. Being the Evertonian, I was was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But really, when you look back, the bigger picture, you think, yeah, it was fantastic. But you'd always want more, don't you? You want more, you want the best for Everton. That is our motto. We may have paid ten million up front or something. I don't know the finer details of the Lukaku deal, but ten million up front for that and three million for Bezic. Really, for what we needed to kick on from the money that we got for finishing fifth last season. Yeah. If we wanted to go further, then we needed to do more. And I don't know. It, it sort of come back to bite us on the arse because we're sort of making do again, aren't we? Look at the players now. You're talking probably 
I mean, we'll come to that again in a minute about a summer clear out. Yeah. I could name six players off the top of my head now who I think need, need to leave Everton. And yeah. I'm sure you both can as well. So maybe we should have looked at that last summer or last January. I don't know. And it's looking too much of an old Our time I, is now. I thought okay. his reference to six or seven players. I thought that's what he was doing. He was, you know, he was looking to bring. He was identifying who needs to go and who needs to bring it's, in. It's yeah. not rocket science. You only have to look at the age of them. I mean, yeah, us, us three were just talking about PNR and uh, Osman, yeah. and we can't wait to see them back in the side. I mean, that says it all. They, them two are older than me. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> what I'm saying is, right, the two of them will be on a bus pass next year. Maybe. Yeah. So we can't go the season with them. You know, exactly, yeah. and Tim Howard, I mean, yeah. I don't even know what's happening there. He's, I just, well, but we'll leave him he, at He's getting into the realms of the Yakuza. He's about 39 or something, isn't he? Yeah. Not, he's, he's only about 33, but he's, been, he's playing it? like he's 39 because he's, I don't know, he's so frustrating. Yeah. But I, I, I see like, that, and I think at the, at, at the moment we've got a bit of a mismatch. So we've got our Stones, our McCarthy, our Bezic, our, our Ross Barkley, and our Lukakus, but we've got Deadwood. Yeah. And for me, without Sandon Haas, Howard, Hibbert, Distan, Alcaraz, you could even talk about Leighton Baines. I know that'll upset a few people, but Leighton Baines, maybe another 18 months, maybe. Yeah, listen, I, I totally listen, agree with you. Gareth Barry, yeah. he's yeah. not going anywhere because he's been given a three year deal. Um, who else you got? McGeady, Morales. I want Morales out the door right now, I'll be honest. Um, Pina, Osmond, yeah, I've just said how, 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 how much. I'm going to miss them. <laughs> If we're building a side, we need to be building a side around those core talents. Bill Kenwright just fell off his rocking chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the fucking first time. <laughs> his blanket's just falling yeah. off with that. Oh, I had his wallet, yeah. I tell you. <laughs> Honestly, but this is the thing, though. I'm thinking long term. Roberto should come in with a plan saying, talking about seven players, finishing fifth, signing Lukaku, signing Mo Bezic. John Stones coming through. John Stones is a moist signing, fair enough, but it starts from the back for me. Yeah. The, the Robles thing stinks, I think. So it's like, yeah. if you're going to invest, we, we haven't invested in a keeper, but we've got a keeper now. Give him a long term deal, but he's being put back to the bench. So it's almost like we're making do and we're, we're, we're keeping certain senior players happy. And I yeah. think you've all heard rumours this season about what's happened with the likes of Distan, the likes of, you know, yeah. Stephen Naismith, but I'll ask. And I think there's only so much you can do though. If you want to kick on as a club, mm. the whole thing needs refreshing top to bottom. I totally agree. Yeah. Starting with the board if uh, if I was to have my way. But <laughs> um, no, you're right. I mean what should have happened? This look it almost looks like too much of an overhaul that's needed now. And it's not a knee shirk reaction this. This is like, you know, something that I think has been coming for a long time. That's sort of the drip drip effect and now. Under eight uh, years of squad, under investment, players getting older. I think finally the sort of um, players' performance, the team's performance has matched the board's performance. I think, you know, sort of Martinez has got a lot of things wrong, definitely, but, you know, if, we, if we've got any kind of ambitious board, then certain players would, would not be on that pitch. You know. I'd, I'd agree, the, the, you know, the underinvestment, if you like, yeah. over the last 10 years is landing, isn't it? And all this, you know, let's face it. You take them players that you just well, named, ten players here, Mark, yeah. um, that, that are at that age where they need changing. And let's face it, some of them should have been changed three, four, five years earlier, even to some degree. On but some they of won't them. because they're at Everton. Yeah. Well, they won't because we can't change them because they, you know he seems to have had the, 
the idea that it's it's sort of a, a mend and make do, isn't it? With yeah. all the time, and then if you can't put up with them players, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sign a couple yeah. on loan if Off you like. And, and then, you know, I know we all acted wrong. We signed the players on loan and all that, but really, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Because, so, like you said, it, it it's come home to roost now that we need a top loan for the team. It's probably too much, isn't it? You know, yeah, it takes, yeah, it is, and it's difficult to watch as as you look at it. You think, well, I'm I'm a, I'm a lad, as I say, a bit younger. Um, you keep getting that in, don't you? I keep fucking messing. He's not making us feel worse. You didn't say come on in. You're insulting your fucking mates. The last time, the last time we won something, I was nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm obviously I'm nine. Obviously. Yeah. I'm desperate. I'm desperate as much as you guys. You've seen yeah. it for a lot longer. But in terms of memories, I was a nine-year-old boy. You know what I mean. Can Everything can, else can has I, been moist. Can I just say uh, something? There was a girl, Sophie. I think yeah. said something the other day about Sophie. she'd never seen them win nothing, and, and you're saying that now. And I've got two of my own sons. I've got one twenty-three. I've got one fourteen. And they've, you know, they've never seen us win a carrot, and it absolutely breaks my heart yeah. to yeah. think. Of the whole generation that we've missed in them 20 years that have never seen us win again. That's the, my driving motive. My half fella's 60 yeah, and he, totally talk, he talks about, like, he, his dad was the biggest, but he still goes now, but he, he travelled all around with yeah. them and, you know, talks about Rapid Vienna, talks about Bayern Munich, yeah. and he talks about league titles and things. And I, I, my only, my nearest <laughs> thing is an FA Cup final against Chelsea when Louis Saha scored yeah. a few years ago. And yeah, we've had semi finals, yeah, we've had some memorable nights in the UEFA Cup or Europa. But to me, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm clutching now. I'm just like, it sounds small time, but I'll take it, Carlin Cupwin. I'll take it just to say, no, absolutely. it's silverware to, to say that I'm 29 years of age and I, I, I've seen Everton win something. Yeah. And it sounds like, yeah, but that's, that's again, like we take the piss out of the likes of Liverpool and other sides who, oh, Mickey Mouse, trophy, blah, blah. If it's, give me that any day. Give me a trophy well, any day. And I just want to say, I've won something and I've watched Everton win something yeah. rather than just always falling short. And I know. Times have changed. The Premier League's changed, and a lot's changed in, in our time. Yeah, as as generations uh, watching Everton, but it, uh, to uh, me, it's just becoming all, more and more frustrating. Excuse I've, me. I've seen them win three league titles, three FA Cups, European Cup winners' cup. I've seen them in countless semi-finals, Milk Cup finals, League Cup finals, whatever. I was. I you was, are showing your age now, Rob. No, I am. Yeah, oh, it's got me. I was. Well, I was fifteen oh, yeah, in nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah. When we played Aston Villa, you know, in the, the League Cup final, I went to Hillsborough for the replay. It was 50 odd thousand in that night. And that night, when Bob Lashford equalised to take it into extra time, I, the crowd said, For we're not come home without my shoes. I remember my mum saying to me, Where's your fucking shoes? You know, like, and I went, Lashford's they're, they're in Sheffield, you know, like, you know, well, that, yeah. you know that's, a, that's another scenario, the, the Hillsborough to me. But what I'm saying is, I'd waited till. Till I, was, I, I had to wait until basically 1984 to be like growing up and watch us win a trophy, if you like. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, because we didn't win in 77. Yeah. And I remember that being a, a long drag and everything else and being, you know, desperate for, the to, for us to win. And some people now say, you know, well, Everton have only ever won in fits and starts. You know, they've had like yeah. little golden eras, but basically we've just been average in there. And that's slightly. Fair and unfair arguments, and as much as in between them years, 
you know, we, John Moore sacked Billy Bingham because he didn't get him success, but he funded him. John Moore sacked um, Gordon Lee, but he funded him. Do you see what I'm saying? So we still strived, and we're still seen yeah. as a big club, and still buying the right players, the best players, and we were still... Having a go. And every That's season it. started, because we yeah. bought Bob Latchford, or because we bought whoever we bought, you thought, well, we can win the league. Yeah. But see, no. under the last 15, 20 years, you know, that's been taken away from you it's sort of settling for I don't want to use the word mediocrity because it's been so fucking on Twitter so much but it is it's it's sort of settling for I was watching being yeah. that level down and not not performing yeah. to the level that we expect. Well, yeah. I, mean, I was watching with our, uh, our band the Everton Luton semi final uh, in '85, and you know it said Everton going for the treble. The commentator said you sort of had to do, you know, you had to let that sink in a minute. Everton going for the treble. And you sort of this is totally above and beyond. I mean, you know, what fans had then was something that you know the panic is now that we'll never see them days again. See that? I think no. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm robbing your kick cat there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Phil Neville now. <laughs> oh, he's dropped it. <laughs> um, see, see that? I'm just, you just reminded me of something when we were, we were going for the treble. Yeah. I think like the year before or uh, a bit earlier, Man United had stopped Liverpool doing the treble, according to Liverpool fans. Yeah. But, but in actual fact, they haven't stopped them doing the treble because. Liverpool's only won one trophy, yeah. and then Man United beat them, and then they won the second trophy. So, so they didn't stop it. Really the treble was never on, but it was on for us that year, yeah. So that, that was just a point. No, it's okay. No, it's not happening because well, it's I'm bad. enjoying these memories, to be honest. It's making me feel even younger. Oh, you start, definitely. You start I think I was, only, I was only about 50 to <laughs> 45 back then. No, yeah, um, yeah. I was, the, yeah, yeah. the worry is now that um, this board have shown that they can't move the club on. I don't think there's any doubt about that now. 20 years now, I think is the number that sort of rings home, and I think there is an element of panic out there now, a little bit. I'm not just saying everyone, certainly, but you know, I can take 20 years on the gym, that's fine, but no way I would want you son to go through that length of time and not seeing Everton win. Nothing. That's the worry, isn't it? You know, what are we, are we trying to get the, um, you know, trying to get fans to believe again? You're nothing without hope, and I, I genuinely think, oh, with this, the board and the way they are, and you know, we've been, been in crisis this season and we haven't heard one word of them. We came right to showman, and he's kept himself quiet. So, where are we going? What are we doing? I just think now, more than ever, and the more people are calling for it, and people, you know, with a bit of influence are starting to say things, we, we badly need to nip this in the bud now. Well, a bud, it's a full grown flower, but you know, we do need to do something this summer. I just think. Are you concerned, Mark? Yeah, you know, that's just... I think we need to start doing things like that to move think, up on. I think when we've been doing these podcasts, we've skated around this. Yeah. And in recent weeks, there's been um, certain things said and t- certain things discussed. And, yeah, I think the Ken Wright debate in the Everton board will always be discussed on the likes of Twitter, uh, yeah. the likes of the forums. Um, articles will be written for and against. But I think now, more and more, it's becoming evident to people and... Um, I did want to mention also obviously Toffee TV done something the other week and it, it did it rattled a few cages I'll be honest it rattled one of my, myself yeah. and I had a few things to say but um, without just like getting into a war of words I just thought to myself you know they're saying something that maybe people have been saying well, for a long time yeah. before and it, it was almost like a lot of our fans were asleep to it until someone well, spoke like for them someone spoke for them yeah but I'm not going to get into a war of words with people and start arguing but Fair enough for what they're doing. 
that's fine. But I, I completely agree with you, Mark. I think people have, in the past, it's maybe been just accepted. Yeah. And people are happy to sort of go to match, buy the pint, the pint, and go home. Yeah. And see, as long as Everton in the Premier League, that's fine. But at the end of the day, a, a comparison I sort of drew was Moyes' tenure when he took over in 2002. Yeah. Um, from where we were to where Moyes took us. Personally, I, I think we should be grateful. That's me as a young lad. I haven't seen half the stuff what you've just said then, Rob. But that's a manager and everyone's saying, well, yeah, it became a bit stale. He took us as far as we could. Whereas with the board, no-one's ever really sort of saying that. Um, no-one's no saying, well, they've taken us as far as we could or we deserve something better or they've stabilised. A lot of people Wait. say, oh, you know, he's, he's an Evertonian at heart and he's ploughed his own money in and he's done this and done that. But... No. There's a lot of you guys, and you you both look at me like you're going to fucking kill me. Yeah. <laughs> both of us say a lot of things. Um, from my perspective, the, the sort of the, fa the failed projects that have happened, the silence is a massive thing. Um, yeah, Some people might say, well, isn't silence a good thing from the board and, and the people who run a club? Well, for me, no, because there's people spray painting on the walls of Goodison Park, Martinez out. But still, it's our fans fighting it out amongst themselves over who want who, what the manager should be doing with his team, and and whether or not they want him in the, in the job. And the board, God knows where they are. They're there on a match day, but they're not on the streets of Walton every week, five days a week, or you know, seven days a week, speaking to the fans and and seeing the standards that people want. So. I completely hear your, your point, Mark, and I know you two are desperate. To, <laughs> desperate to, but this is the thing, I wanted to speak to you about the boardroom situation. So, Rob, you've been quite outspoken about Ken Wright and Co in the past. What are your views on it? Have, have they changed somewhat in the past couple of years? or have they... No. <laughs> no? Right, press the stop, that's it, no. <laughs> no, when I'm off. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> um, you know, actually, I'm... I'm possibly making light of it there and far from light in my mind because I actually think it's criminal what I think it's criminal the way Everton's been run over the last few years if you like yeah. um, my, my biggest criticism of Moyes and Ken Wright together and I, I agree with what you said about he should get some credit for what he's done and I've been one of his biggest critics if you like and the reason I was one of his big, biggest critics was is that season when Duncan Ferguson left, a couple of weeks earlier than that, David Moyes said this will be the first time an Everton team has finished in the top ten two years running. Now, obviously we're talking about the Premier League. You know, well, Everton have been there for a hundred odd years before David Moyes. And this, was, this infuriated me that Kenwright didn't correct them or no one. And you know what happened? We drew them with Leeds. Big Dunk left and we finished 11th. So he didn't even do it. He didn't even achieve it that year. No, no, he got got yeah. into you know the Champions League qualifiers and whatever. But lowering of expectations. But that that was a, 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 a yeah that was tantamount to me to treason talking like that because you know I'm from an era or from a, an age when there was 22 teams in the in the league and, and and everyone thought they could win that league. You know most teams, even like your lower teams, thought well we could win. Not Forest come up. I'm, we'll I'm, have a go. Yeah. Not for us yeah. come up and won it, you know what I mean? Beat West Ham, uh, Wofford. What, 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 not for us come up and won it from the second division and won the third division. The following year, you could never see that repeating itself ever in your life, could you? You could no. never see that happening now. No. But the board itself, if you like, and it, 
I go on about it and all that, and I try and get, get away from just Bill Kenwright because I listen. I've met Bill Kenwright a few times. I don't particularly like him, but it's not all about him. I'm not a Bill Kenwright fan. I'm not a Davy Moyes fan. I'm not a Roberto Martinez fan. I'm an Everton fan, and I only want what's best for Everton. Yeah. And that board ain't what's best for Everton because they've shown time and time again to be inept in everything that that Elstone man. I mean. Well, I was going to say, I mean, we'd be focused a lot on Ken, right? But you've got the likes of yeah, uh, the John Woods. Can't escape. You've oh, got the likes of uh, Robert Elstone. You know, what's the one that looks like the walrus? John Woods. <laughs> Robert Earl. got one word out of him, I think. Robert Earl. <laughs> Elstone looks like he spends yeah. half his time on a sunbed. Yeah. Don't sue us, Rob. You know what? I met him the other week. He, he's actually morphing into um, Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> <laughs> good game, good game. Yeah, nice to see you. Nice to see you now. But I, I, I presented him with a shirt. I see him on the Gladys Street Concourse, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> good game. <laughs> well, yeah, Funny, isn't it? We get it's all these games show hosts. Yeah, I think it'd be a good thing with the generation. Well, really, these are the people that are, they own and run yeah. the football club that see, we pay do, do you know what I X think? amount every year to support. See, see, see Robert Elstone, right? I actually think what you've got at Everton is you've got the likes of him and a few others in there, you know, that I may not know if you like, but yeah. all they're interested in is protecting their jobs, protecting what they do. No, so yeah. he's happy to just get on the phone to Bill and go, we've done this deal, we've done that deal, we've got, we've got the money, you yeah. know, from the kit bag deal. And it, it, it's garbage, isn't it? At, at the end of so the day, it's garbage. So do you think taking a backward step then with what's going on and everything? Listen, you know, I, I, I run a business, if you like, so yeah. a building business, so how, how he can run his theatre company in London, and yeah. let's face it, he's very successful at that. Yeah. And at the same time, Run Everton. He doesn't. He, what he does is he sits in London and he hands it over to Wellstone and he, he probably has a, a weekly, you know, uh, meeting or whatever, you know, yeah. uh, uh, on the phone. Uh, a conference. They'll I mean, have a com- uh, you know a conference call yeah, yeah. on the phone. How's it going, Bob? And all this. Yeah, great, Bill. And this is this is only what I'm surmising. Yeah. And he's not there to see what's happening. And he's he's sort of I don't know. He's he, you know. He, it's surprising because you think he'd be more hands on. Do, do, do you know what the, 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 the problem is as well? And, and this is what I can't forgive yeah. Ken Wright for. For getting into bed with the likes of Philip Green and Robert Hale. I mean, Robert Hale comes over here for the Spurs game. Yeah. You know, because he's a Spurs fan. But he's on the Everton board. Yeah, Philip Green, who's a close, who's a good friend of ours, Bill tells us, he's a Spurs fan. Yeah, I mean, what's all that about? Why so would you let them people into the club? People on the board, you've got no interest in progressing the club whatsoever. No, but he's interested in everything. No. He's only interested in making his next billion or half a billion or... He just does the publicity stunt with Justin Bieber to make us feel better. Did you see that show the other week? He was on a chat show. Yes. And he, he said America. he owned Everton. Yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't own Everton, does he? No, does he? No like, one you know, knows. Well, he says he does. Yeah. And yet Bill Kenwright says he does. So, uh, this is... This just, a Sunday, just a Sunday league team in Walton, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, no. this is crazy though, no one actually knows. Who owns it? And this is this is part of what uh, the, the Football Supporters Federation and people like that and Supporters Director trying to force the Premier League into identifying who owns football clubs. So it's not just us, Leeds yeah. United. People don't know who owns Leeds United no. and other clubs. So, you know, that, that's paramount. But, you know, if this was, I've got to say, if this was Liverpool Football Club, yeah. See the Liverpool record. Yeah. And 
It's right that they've got the same name because that's what it is. It's the Liverpool Echo. It should be called the Liverpool FC Echo. Could yeah. he just don't, not interested one iota? I'll tell you this much. The editor of the Liverpool Echo is a fellow um, called John Thompson, right? Yeah. Uh, he he was until recently and may still be on the board of Everton in the community. So you can't tell me he's going to rock the boat with Ken Wright or rock the boat with his. He's group. got a conflict of interest. As you may or as you, as you know, Mark, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm presume you know, I'm, I'm a member of the Blue Union. But yeah. I think about 18 months ago, we we forced a, a um, audience with the Echo. We went down to see them. I didn't actually go on the meeting. Yeah. A couple of our lads did. We went down and we threatened the echo. We boycotted the echo. We were going to do it on Twitter. We were going to yeah. a mass boycott if they didn't start covering more Everton-related stuff. Yeah. And they sat there and they really weren't bothered. I think it's not big news. Yeah, there was a couple of well-known uh, reporters there, and and they, and they really weren't bothered. What we said was, yeah. Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? I've yeah. just, just for the purpose of the recording, I've just got on the screen um, what Mark Ellis tweeted today. Basically, the Echo headline, um, I think it was 2012. Well, it was because that's when I, I left Royal Liver. Um, for God's sake, get out before you kill Liverpool FC. The big front page headline from the Liverpool Echo about uh, Hicks and Gillette and the Liverpool, obviously, chairmanship at the time. Um, and Mark's point was, why aren't the Echo doing this to Ken Wright and his board nowadays? Well, I think you both do, just... Do, do, you know, do you know why the Echo done that, don't you? Because, see, Hicks and Gillette, they sold the training ground, they sold the club shop, they remortgaged Anfield, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And the council had to buy the training ground for them. He sold all the assets and never invested. Oh, no, sorry, that was us. Sorry, <laughs> I, I didn't do none of that, big I thought you were talking about us, <laughs> Rob. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I must so, highlighting the fact that yeah. the Echo, I've let all that go on in heaven. Yeah. And I'm one print, one print away from it. Not one, not See, one way. I asked the Echo today, 20 years of no trophies, all right, that's not directly their fault. <coughs> 15 years, certainly, of no investment, no, um, the, the King's Dock thing, I know people say it's old news, but it continues to haunt us. Um, the Kirby Con, which was totally sort of swept under the carpet, which was something, I don't know, Ken Wright arguably deserved to go to jail for, they, they which is, I know is, is ridiculous, sounds <laughs> ridiculous, but it was verging on the criminal in my eyes. All that, false promises, NTL, you can go back with investment, fortress, the whole thing, None of it has been investigated by the Echo. They're not representing the fans' concerns. That's what I said last week. See, see, this is the most annoying thing of it for me. Bill Kenwright says, and it sounds like we're just Bill. It's the board. He's the right? poster boy. So he's, what, what the yeah. sort, these yeah, are the things. That's what I make the, make the point here, though, Rob. These are the things that people are talking about. No. This isn't. I'm not making this an anti-Kenwright no, podcast, no. but no. I completely. <laughs> It, well, it's on the agenda now on social yeah, media. It's so. completely on the agenda, which is why I just want to reiterate to anyone that's listening to this that yeah, I'm for. I, I want to listen to for and against, but the, yeah. to be honest, there's not many fours left anymore. No. And these people have been talking against the likes of Ken Wright and John Woods, Philip Green, Robert <laughs> Earl Stone, Robert Earl. For how long? I don't know. I'm, I'm sick of. I'm <coughs> sick of bloody. Thinking about it, to be honest, the amount of that many people, because it's ne- it almost becomes like it's never going to change. So yeah. I do want to reiterate that there is fours and against this issue, and we're discussing what you want to discuss tonight and what I want to get your viewpoints on. Yeah. 
but you know, it, it, it's, it's well, the, you know, at some point you want to get the fours on as well. But I'm struggling to get the fours, Rob. That's what I mean. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm for the purpose of the recording, I'm, I'm just reiterating my own. Get Elstone off the sunbed. Get the walrus off the fucking safari park. And get Ken Wright off the coronation seat set. And we'll get them in here. And I'll interview them. Maybe we can start by getting back to winning trophies. But this is the thing, Rob, right? It comes down to the press. Well, I'll come to it in a minute. Come on, carry on. What I was going to say was, what infuriates me is because. You know, this 24-7, 15-year, eternal, never-ending surge for a billionaire, yeah. you know... I've been walking around Old Swan for the well, past 12 months looking you, for someone to buy us. For, for a billionaire and a new stadium is what he had in the first place. Because Paul Gregg, backed by the billionaire, yeah. um, Taylor, Swenson Taylor, yeah. agreed to, to fund the King's Dock. So we would have had the King's Dock all them years ago. We would have had the billionaire on board, i.e. behind Paul Gregg, but it would have meant him diluting his shareholding, and he wouldn't do it. So, so to his detriment, he put Everton into this decline all them years ago, and that's the biggest crime he's ever done. That's why it's... And, and we've never recovered, never recovered, and he's borrowed from Peter, Paul, Vibrat, <laughs> whoever it is, and, you know, we don't even know who he's borrowing money off. He possibly borrowed money. So the King's Dock thing is a real... That's a real for me. Attracted investment, and we would have won trophies. It goes. Can I ask both of you, sis? If you use the chairman of Everton FC, but he didn't have loads of money, someone come up and went, "I'll take over. I'll give you the king stock, and I'm backed by a billionaire." What would you do? I'd absolutely. If I'm thinking about Everton, I'm not if myself. If you're a proper Evertonian, yeah. you take the money. You take. You go get For the better of the club, yeah, not yourself. Well, of course. But he's had. He's played God basically with our club. Took his ball on, and we have been paying for it ever since. Yeah, the mysterious. You know. That's what turned. Bill, that's why I turned against Bill Cannon, and I'll never forgive him for that. Because for me, Shake Mansour would probably have took a left turn instead of a right. Or you but know, do, to that do, effect, and, and we would have been the seeing the most different sort of... Everton. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. Mark. These are the things I sort of want to press you on, right? So, without with sort of playing devil's advocate, these are the things I see people arguing on a daily basis. On so for every Man City, you talk about a Leeds and a Portsmouth, yeah. and I know that's the cliche example, yeah. yeah. But what if? I mean, that's. I was talking to a lad on a direct message today on Twitter. Just had a private conversation about an intelligent chat, and a. He said, like, I'm a big fan of Ken Wright, but not what he's sort of doing. I like him as a man, but I know he's not for the best of it. But no, 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 no. He said he's not washed away by it, though. He's not, he yeah. understands the business side of it, but he, he sort of thinks, he thinks what, what's the risk involved of, um, of selling our... I know everyone says it's selling our soul, but selling us... And I said to him, well, until we take that risk, we'll never know, though, will we? It's sort of like... Until... until well, well yeah. hang on. So... Yeah. We'll keep going as we are, yeah. and everyone's happy to settle for that until it's sort of enough noise is being made about wanting more, and then maybe we'll force a change. But even then, as you've seen in recent years, it, you try and force a change, and the powers that be will always remain as the powers that be. Yeah. But unless you sort of want more for the for the club as a whole, I don't know. We have to make the change. But it is one for you. He was a young lad saying that, by the way, to yeah. me today. Yeah. But I had a good conversation with him, and he said he, he didn't want to. He basically didn't want to slag the board off, but he, he knew that they, they were not not the not right people in place. And as a business, yeah, we're not not in the right position. So. Let's, let's just be clear here, Mark. Right? 
the, the likes of all them fears for people, you know, the Portsmouth and the Leeds, and, you know, we don't want to sell to a, an asset stripper. Well, you'd have a job because he stripped all the assets. And all this about Bill's being careful who he sells it to. Well, he nearly sold it to a fellow in a, one, in a bed sit in Manchester. You know, he was that far down the path. He was in due diligence and even up with the cloud. I mean, this is what the Blue Union uncovered when they had the interview with him. And most people... Yeah. Most people focused, or the media focused, and Kenwright focused, and the club focused on the fact of whether he was it was a taped interview or whether it was yeah. someone just took the, the dialogue yeah. down or whatever. But what people missed was what was actually in the said. interview, what was said, and what like, was said was we had a bumbling, inept chairman running the club who sold all the assets, and now we need to, we need somebody else to own the club. We need someone. To, listen. I'm not, I'm not, we'd all like a billionaire, but I'm not bothered if it's a billionaire. I want someone who's a businessman who will go, yeah. look, that's a bad deal. This is a good deal. Let's, let's, let's face it, we've had Tim Howard and Tim yeah. Cale. We should have absolutely destroyed America. We should have absolutely. Two absolute icons. And, and, and dived in there yeah. and made a fortune. Chang Beer, when we're in Thailand yeah. and all the rest of it. Well, you we're know, not seeing any of it. We don't see any of it. You know, and it, we had Lee Thai. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, you know, he's right. Yeah, you're joking, no, I, you, you're it's joking, but you have to make up on all this. It's like um, we're, we're run by a fool, if you like, and, and you've got his minions underneath him, the likes of Elkstone, and you know, he, he's just happy to get brownie points off Bill. And, yeah, there's no you know, chance of getting either of them on this show now, is there? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, people are that petrified of change, Mark, that they're prepared to accept. Embrace mediocrity, and I know you hate that word, but it is what, what's being said up. They're, they're too scared of being a Leeds or a Portsmouth, which for me, like Rob said, it's totally, you're not, hang on, you're not seeing what's before your eyes here. Ken Wright has, has practically made us unsellable. With, we haven't got a stadium, that, that's what's his fault directly. We, we sold, we don't even own the sausage rolls in the shop down, you know, uh, on the concourse anymore. We, we don't own anything. And he's tied us down to the likes of the kickback deal, so what? Wow, I think I'll be saying in 60 when that deal's up. Well, well, t- these well, are the things, you know, like, from, from, from my, point, my point of view, sorry, seeing yeah. the likes of Sodexo, um, yeah. the kickback thing, they, they are main talking points, but Sodexo, you can see it for yourself, I mean, when you go the match, yeah. as you do, and as we all do here, um, it's not good enough, is it? It's piss poor. It's yeah. piss poor marketing. It's piss poor contracting. It's, off the it's piss poor again. partnership. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's again, it's just like what sort of suits Everton. So I don't know. For me, it's almost like this small mentality of yeah, we're just Everton. We're just Everton, and we'll just make do yeah. with everything. Which the bog is- roll in the Gladys Street bogs to the fucking hordens on the side of the pitch or the blues. I don't know. It's just I'm 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 sort of being a bit picky there, but it's sort of like. We're just Everton, we've got and we'll never line. be a little bit more. I think, yeah, we've got a timeline outside, and if you look at it, there's a, there's a goal cel- it's celebrating Louis Saar's goal against Chelsea, a game we lost. Now, what? Now, well, there's Aaron, Len- Aaron Lennon's on there this afternoon. Aaron Lennon is on the side on the of the timeline. ground. No, on the... Oh, yeah, on the side of the ground. You yeah, know, yeah. above the timeline, yeah. he's not... A, but Aaron Lennon's yeah. on that, and the lad's on loan, you know what I mean? So within within a few months. Yeah. Is I mean, he staying? Is, is he a cult hero all of a sudden? Yeah. Mentality, you know, I know, you know, but it is, it's correct. People say it a lot, but it is nonetheless accurate that we're far too small time, and it's, for me, along with a hundred other mistakes, like you said, stadium investment, that's Ken Wright's legacy, is that he's got fans thinking in this way, where 
where the sort of the far too scared to change. So we'll just, we'll just hang on, we'll just stay as we are. As long as I get to go to the game on a Saturday, for me, supporting Everton is far more than 90 minutes on a Saturday. We live and breathe it. So you know, you want the best for your club. I don't think it's ever going to happen under these, and that's why I'm, I'm but that, forcing, trying that, to force change. Or that's what I mean. So like our fans, we can sit here and, and people are listening to this and say, "Oh, you're just slagging Ken Wright for Everton," and you're just saying it's all. I would actually spot. prefer to praise the guy. Yeah. I'm just you know. saying, it, do the fans not help with that then? Because everyone's happy to sort of pay the season ticket prices and go along whatever. As long as we're plucky little Everton doing our thing in the Premier League, the media perception is, aren't Everton doing well? Oh, what about the bit? Oh, we get we get thirty seconds on match of the day. Yeah. It's a, to me, it's a load of bullshit. The press coming back to that without going into great detail. I think it's an absolute farce. The Liverpool echo. Um, I've, I've tried to contact certain people with them as well and, and speak to them over things like this and without naming names I'm not I'm, you don't get anywhere no. and you don't get anyone questioning so it's left for us to record podcasts in a boozer and questioning yeah. ourselves and that to me that means a lot more listening to you guys talk about your opinions on this this football club rather than reading what some some journal which, who appears to be on the payroll has got to say about a match report and give these players certain um, you know, interviews and give them certain ratings out of ten to me. It's a load of bullshit. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I don't read the media. Yeah. Basically, I read Everton fan sites and, and articles. What yeah. people do. That was my only reason by starting writing in the first place. But the media sort of side of it, it's a silence. But the silence goes with the board silence, so it all fits hand in hand. Whereas what you done today, Mark, highlighting that Hicks and Gillette thing, just. It basically just unearthed what what would I'm not just having a go with the echo as well, you know. You've got you've got other media sources and the Radio national City. media. We Radio. basically we get like we get half a paragraph in the national media, don't we? It's yeah. almost a laughing stock, but it's little Everton over there in Walton, yeah, they beat someone four 0 but you know, we'll just give them They're this. Not and, Listen, yeah. make no mistake, Bill Kenwright's you know, bought Chris Bascom a, a, a wedding present or a birthday present and um, he's well He's well into a lot of them journalists, the London journalists anyway. Yeah. The Liverpool Echo, as I said before, we had a meeting with them about 18 months ago and we threatened to boycott them. And they, they, they absolutely got a fright over it, you know, they, they, they shit themselves to some degree and they, they didn't want us to do it, but we can't really promise to do so more. Yeah. Maybe it's now time to go and do that threat again to them and, well, and better still carry it out. And well, I, just, I was... just, just let me tell you this, we, about two years ago as well, we, we protested outside the Radio City Tower, you know, yeah. uh, in, in protest at them not, not doing something about it with their journalists and whatever about the state of Everton. Because, as you know, if Bill Kenwright had been an American or from somewhere else, there'd have been them sorts of headlines that you and Mark were talking about before. There'd have been some about yeah. Everton, but because he's deemed a blue and because he, you know, he's he, he friends, you've got to remember. He, He's in London all the time, so he, he's got the ear of everyone. You know, if you want theatre tickets, where are you going to go? You know, so he, yeah. he, he knows a lot of people, and obviously, the threats. I, I remember back in the days of um, Ian Ross. Ian Ross, uh, I think the Echo printed a story, I can't remember the exact story now, about Everton, which was a bit derogatory to, to, to Everton in their paranoid minds, and he, Ian Ross immediately. Headed down to the Liverpool, and he, he marched in there, demanded to see the editor, 
and they retracted the story and they've done that on numerous occasions. They did it with the 30 million shortfall for what, no park? That that's, was did, did, that's right, how long was that? Was that was on the night of the AGM. Three hours. That was on the night of the AGM. On the AGM, he said, we can't so who's tell got you the power? Who's got the power exactly. there? Exactly. But to me, the, 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 the club have got the power over the, over the newspaper. Yeah. But when you've, got, yeah. when you've got, sorry, Mark, sorry, when you've got John Thompson on the board of Everton in the community as he was, and maybe still is, how is he going to criticise it? How is he going to criticise the club? Uh, if he's yeah. working with the club, he's embedded into it, how is he going to criticise the club? You can see the whole thing. To me, Matt, the echo are, are central to this. That we need to. The minute they start questioning things, you will see an awful lot more people realise what's going on at our club. They don't. They choose to ignore it. They choose to give us Osman goes go kart stories instead. Stuff like that, which is great on a summer's day, but it's not getting down to what our problems are. Tell you, a lot of people have. To be honest, Mark, a lot of people have said, unless it's the people in position. Yeah. So, like, I'll draw on it again. The Toffee TV example. If they've, they've yeah. lads who were sort, sort of in a position, maybe a bit inferior to others, would have got the power to reach the masses. If, if they, unless yeah. they haven't mentioned it, people don't want to discuss it. No. So it's like it's the same with the local press, the lo- local editors, and you, you see these lads who are like, "I'm doing an Echo Live blog today," but yeah. there's no, not a word spoken that will question anything to do with the club. And I've noticed that. I, I look at it on my phone. I'm, I haven't bought a bit of paper in 10, 15 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll, I'll read stuff on my phone. I'll read articles, but it's it's plain to see from me, you know, from an outsider and being. And Evertonian, I think to myself, you can't rely on anywhere here. If, if you want information, I've got to sit in a boozer with the likes of him, the likes of you, yeah. the likes of him, <laughs> and say, well, yeah. I'm gone, what do you know? Or what do you know? Or speak to me awful and say, well, what happened then? The what happened then? Yeah, the only thing is... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Or Exactly. But the stuff I've heard about Everton, I don't know what to believe anymore. No, so I'm a bit no. disillusioned with it all of a monastery. I've, I've said yeah. things on social media and, and we have. Yeah. And, and what, what you've got to remember is 
after the interview with Kenwright, you know, no one threatened any legal action against the Blue Union as to, as to them making it up or telling lies. No one from the club come out and denied any of it. So all the stuff Bill said, Bill said, you know, it was never denied. So obviously, because it was, it was undeniable. But do you yeah, think, no, do you, do you, sorry, just, just, on, just, just a quick one while we're still on the echo. We actually speak to the journalists of the echo, Dave Prentice and um, O'Keefe. Did not, you speak to not, the, you, yeah? Dave, not you, Dave. Not you, Dave. Yeah, they've known him for years because don't forget, this, this has been ongoing for over ten years. You know, so we you know, they drink in the same pubs we drink after the match. You know, and yeah. so we meet them in the, in there, and, and some of them, are, some of them are nice guys, and I know some of them for a fact would like to report what we're talking about, but they can't because they're edited as well. And so, in fairness to them, and I know everyone yeah, yeah. gets on the cases. They've got to work there, so it's either pack your job in and, and have a go at saying something, or you know, so the, the yeah, art team is a little bit. That's, that's fine, Rob, but it's, 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 it's left all the likes of us. You've got lads there who are like all over Twitter uh, who are like aspiring journalists trying to write about Everton. I'm no aspiring journalist, yeah. but I'm doing fact finding myself. Oh, yeah. so surely the press should be pre- doing what they say, depressing for uh, information. Yes. I don't, I don't yes, know what I it is. There's it. an absolute blanket over the club. So I'm left here writing articles and asking you to come on podcast to try and find out information. Why is it be like that's a Premier League football? Well, they're all using it. They're echo journalists who are in ten times oh, probably yeah. as much as me. And no offence, it's not just completely their fault, but. Whilst I'm on about them, I feel like I've got to have a say about them because I've not got anywhere with any of them. I agree with and I, I read the generic match reports yeah. and I think, yeah, that's fair enough, but at the end of the day, you're picking up your wage, that's your job to do it. No, and but, I understand but, that, Rob, but, but, but it's so but, frustrating. They shouldn't be compromised, should they? If you're a journalist and believe in free speech and everything else, you should make sure that the newspaper you're working for and go, look, well, don't, you know, you, you can't be sensitive. Isn't that what it's all about now with the BBC and everything else? Journalists should be able to report the truth, yeah. not stop from reporting the truth. And, and I think in that case, in the echo, which some of the journalists said, they are stopped. Well, we know they're stopped, because look at the stories that get pulled the night of the AGM. The story was pulled, well, you know, exactly. whatever that report was. So it's a, I saw that, which leads me to think that the club, sorry, Rob, is... It's in the same position it was when we tried to get King's Dock. There's still a shortfall. We haven't moved an inch. So, you know, when's, when's enough going to be I, enough? I just That's why I asked the Echo today. They didn't respond. I feel like I'm banging my head against it, man. I, I don't want to create in journalism. I, I, write, I write stuff. I speak to people. Yeah. That's all I want to do. It all started from my half fella being passed down and reading other people's views I want to speak to other people yeah. which is why we're all on this podcast and you're that's why we started in the first place totally, Mark yeah. Yeah. I totally. don't want any censorship I don't want any people not pulling punches you want people to talk about the things that you love and we all love Everton yeah. and we all pay a lot of money to follow Everton so that's why it comes part and parcel with it and when you don't get that transparency and you get that breakdown of communication the people you want to sort of rely on it's so frustrating and I understand what you're saying Rob about the press and I understand that yeah I'm not expecting the likes of Roberto to come out and say he's a twat upstairs or he's not giving me this money and Ken Wright's coming and saying well you know we haven't got this money. I'm not expecting that I'm not that naive but you have to understand and you both do understand obviously the voice how of the frustrating people. it is yeah. the to voice be, of the people self-styled voice of the people you're trying to have voice of the people but you're like trying to talk for yourself because you're like I'm going there I'm paying me money to watch the match and ultimately you're not just not getting it back you're not getting it back performances the on the pitch yeah. yeah 
or, or, yeah, fair enough, 12 months ago we'd have been like, oh, we're boss, Everton are boss, but we still would have been saying, off the pitch, commercially, at boardroom level, we're not good enough, and we haven't been for some time. No, I've always seen it, I've said it for 10 years, you know, so I, my, my opinion's never changed, and I, this was a bit... To be interrupt, it's an eye open speaking to lads who are older than me as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm basically hey, like I'm going, I'm off. <laughs> See you later, thanks very much. Like, Just that, I, I haven't mentioned it for 20 minutes. Thing, you, you've hey, got more experience. What's your I don't name? I better know it. <laughs> <laughs> Son, leave me man alone, you twat. <laughs> I used to knock about old swan in my, uh, in my, in my uh, younger uh, days. You know. for your oh, was <laughs> oh, no, don't go there. Um, <laughs> no, but you're right. You know, we've seen these things and it's just... We don't make it up. I wish, I wish that I didn't have to think about these things. different levels of experience, don't matter. Yeah. Like, you spoke to me awfully yourself. You spoke to your brother. Yeah. Me, you, Rob, David. We've got that many different people that we speak yeah. to and you know yourself when you go to Goodison, you're surrounded by different generations yeah. and everyone's got different viewpoints and that's what we want, but... Ultimately, we all want the best for everything, but we just at the moment we're just not getting it. And for the past few years, we're just not getting it. No. And obviously, Roberto's come in, and I, that's part of my frustration. He's come in, and we've got a manager who sort of wants to get there. Yeah. But how long is it going to take him? Exactly. Well, I think if we're going to be one, I don't know, if we're, as we're living hands and mouth on TV money, and that's all we are doing um, at the moment, and past sort of player sales. But if we're robbing Peter to pay Paul all the time, mate, I just can't see the trophy throughout ending anytime soon. This could be 30 years in no time. Well, 10 years, obviously, but you get my point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it, it does make for one big frustrating conversation, doesn't it? The last 15 minutes there have just been absolutely <laughs> gone, gone, go, but. Well, you know, that's what I've got to be honest. Just getting back to the Toffee TV thing the other day, and yeah, while, while I wholeheartedly welcomed. Them doing their bit, if you like. Yeah. I think it was a little bit unfair to people that have, for the last ten years or whatever, yeah. uh, been campaigning against the board and you know, uh, and keeping things on the agenda yeah. and things bubbling. And you know, uh, what I would like to say as well is um, there's a lot of bad. I read some terrible shite about the Blue Union. What people don't realise is <clears throat> the good the Blue Union do and the. Yeah. The, 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 the Everton Football Club <coughs> actually call the Blue Union in to discuss. You get the Blue Union in, you get Everton FC in, you get the police in, and yeah. they sit down and discuss the arrangements for the derby. We sit down and we discuss the arrangements for when we play in Man United at Old Trafford. They, 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 really? So they get people in from, from we sit down that supporters group all the time. to from discuss? The blue, from the Blue Union. Concerns. And we do that. And they, they, there's loads of other things the Blue Union does and people don't realise. We've retained. Well, what, what, does, what are the sorts of things that they would ask the Blue Union for, like, for example, post Anfield? Sorry, post Goodison Derby. Would they just say, well, if what, you, if what's you the feeling a, amongst the fans? If you or remember what, there was a crush... At the, you know, yes. the derby last year. Yeah. There was Outside Anfield, yeah, Outside yeah. Anfield, yeah. So the police, um, Everton FC, yeah. uh, the Blue Union, uh, I think Spinnerton Shankly and the council and the advisory board that looks after the safety of supporters yeah. all, were all called in for a meeting and they decided on the way forward with it, you know, yeah. questioning the stewards and, and how to do it. And the same at Old Trafford. And so they obviously... Fans don't realise that the Blue Union involved in these type of things as well because yeah. obviously we're not going to sit there and just all sit, we don't just all sit there all no. round all night and go, 
Ken write this and Ken write that. As I said to you, none of us. You know, I don't no. support Bill Ken I support Everton FC. No, I understand that. To be honest, Rob, I said before you even got here, before I said about the Blue Union. I'm when you first. Talking about me here before I got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saying how old you were. Yeah. <laughs> you used to hang around with yeah. me, ma. No, listen, I said um, about like the Blue Union, and I said from, a, from yeah. my perspective, when the Blue Union were formed, I was like, hang on, what's this all about? Yeah. And I, as a, from a personal point of view at the yeah. time, I thought it's the wrong way to go about things. The protest, the divisions I saw, especially on social media, because I'm a lot into that, I, I thought, I'm concerned here, I thought, hang on, there's a better way of putting this across. And I didn't go to any of the meetings yet, and Mark did, yeah. yeah. So you, you'll probably have a different view. Right behind. And I completely yeah. see, and at the people's group, but the way I see it, I, I understand it from people's opinions, and we're all, all concerned about one thing, ultimately, but it's the way you put it across. And I thought at, at, the, at the beginning, the Blue, Blue Union, I'm not saying I'm a big mad fan now, and I've got a Blue Union flag in my window, <laughs> but I thought, hang on. You know, take a step back here. There's better ways of doing it. And yet you were organised, and yet um, the, the, the obviously the what's the what's the word? Not the ambition. The um, the intention. The intention. Yeah. Sorry, was clear. Yeah, it was clear. And there was probably you spoke for a lot of fans who hadn't probably spoke before. But I just thought the divisions it sort of created. It was almost like bang, and it was like. This is the way we're going to think, and you're, if, you, if you don't think that way, we're going to argue with you. I thought see, it was. See, I, I no, think no, that's a bit of a fallacy, right? And that's why. No, but this back is to the Toffee TV thing the other night. Sorry, Rob, but that's just my that's my opinion of the way it formed, and that was a few yeah. years ago now. But I've, since then, I, I've, I've ret- I'm not just saying I'm completely overawed by what the Blue Union is yeah. saying, but I've, I've come to terms with the fact that, yeah, the Blue Union have got an objective. They've got the concerns, but those concerns are shared by a lot of our fans. But those fans won't speak up for themselves. I agree with you. I, yeah. And I, I might have been one of them, though, no, Rob. I might have listen, been one of them. Well, it's a good point you've hinted on. Uh, you know, you've, you've touched on there. See, see the, the. Let me just take you back to the Kirby thing for one second. I think the real division come from Kirby, with the people that were pro Kirby and the people that were against Kirby. The Blue Union come after that, but the division was already there, created by Bill Kenwright. Now people now go, yeah, the Blue Union divides. Yeah. How did the Blue Union divide everyone? Listen, the Blue Union invites absolutely everyone, and I know everyone in the Blue Union, all the members of it, and every one of them members is a, is a respectable guy. They all come from different walks of life. They've all got different trades and, and qualifications, and professional people, and, yeah. and and the most articulate people. And the, you know, and and they all come together with, with a common goal. Goal, yeah, yeah. To, to 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 highlight the inefficiencies with the board, not not inefficiencies with Bill Kenwright. I just thought with yeah. the board. No, this is getting back to the Toffee TV thing. I, I want to say this: why I welcome what they said. They actually did the Blue Union as a service here because, in the same breath as talking with the Blue Union, they were talking about yeah, you had people shouting knobheads at the match and knob. Well, that's yeah. sort of like. Detracting. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like linking the two together, which is wrong because the Blue Union do many great things yeah. for, for fans. I know the Blue Union, or we have, for, for, for starters, I've got people who've been banned by the club, we've got them the season tickets back, we've got. Yeah, here's one case scenario, right? We had a guy, or the guy approached us that was caught selling tickets outside Goodison Park, right? The police arrested him yeah. as the tickets out. Yeah. Locked him up. 
took his tickets off him. Do you know how much he was selling the ticket for? £10. It was his season ticket. Oh, my God. It was his own season ticket, right? Because his daughter couldn't go or whatever. And they locked him up. And he went... So he wasn't profiteering. And yet the club went into bed with stubble. You know what? Yeah, it was a legalised town. They get a million pounds a year off stubble to, to, to let them fleece the fans. You see Derby tickets for 600 quid. And yet they had a, they had a guy... That's, no, we, they confiscated the season ticket and we got him it back. And there's been countless others, not just one. I'm talking tens, you know, hundreds. Or, or near, near, you know, near enough for hundreds of people we've helped that have been blacklisted by the club. And people don't realise what yeah. we do. And we actually go in there and get a voice with the head of security, Dave Lewis, in there. And we speak to him and he, and he puts it to whoever. And then we come back and yeah. eventually they, they agree that... That good the, work needs to be highlighted. Yeah. Well, I think, I, think, I think when you say it like that, um, probably... I didn't know that, you know what I mean? I don't well, know. What, what I'm saying is, you can get Everton fans that'll go away from home, right? And there'll always be a dickhead that might, you know, cause some trouble or do something. But it doesn't tarnish every Evertonian with the same brush. The same as if there's people that have done certain things for the Blue Union and, and done something wrong. It doesn't yeah. mean we're like that. I think okay. that you saying those sorts of things, well, it won't completely win everyone over, but it'll hopefully open some people's eyes. It's the fact that the common goal is the best for Everton. We all share the, the, the common ground yeah, that we support this I'll football you, club. I'll give you one more. The, the, the 20 plenty campaign, right, that Everton, the Blue Union campaigned on. They, they, a, a, couple of the, a couple of our members are on the uh, National Council for the Football Supporters Federation. They went to London this weekend. Went to London yeah, I saw, I saw the yeah. video. Very impressive video, I must yeah, say. Yeah. Done all that. And, we, and we had the little thing outside go to someone Newcastle come because we had a £20 reciprocal agreement with Newcastle United. Now, last year, I think about 800 Newcastle yeah. United supporters come paying 35, 40 quid. This year, because of the reciprocal agreement that we struck with them, and I got the club to agree with Newcastle, 3,000 come paying 20 quid. So we actually put money into Goodison that way. We actually taught the club how to make more money by, by going into these types yeah, of yeah. It's ridiculous that, like... And we're only supporters. Working class men like yourself are doing that. They're leaving it to the doing that for the Premier League. What does Elstone do that? Hierarchy. What does Elstone do that? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the, so there's a bigger picture. So it's not all just about Ken Wright and people think it is Blue Union, this Blue Union. It's, yeah. it's rubbish. Well, I think you know. we've seen that a lot from the Blue Union. They've sort of sided away from the direct... Uh, what should we say conquest towards the board and the, there's a lot been a lot of involvement with the F FSF and I've, I've watched that myself closely yeah. on Twitter and I, yeah. I watched the video today I know Dave Kelly retweeted it um, and that was impressive to see the people down there from yeah. all different clubs all different and all different clubs. cities yeah. it's not just Everton yeah yeah and that's, that's what you want to see and I think to that's be honest the greater good of the whole football family not just Everton I think oh, to be oh, honest though of Rob, the fans yeah. of, fan, yeah. of, the, of the working class fans yeah. yeah and I think a lot of people have a lot to say about the Blue Union, the People's Group, yeah. other sort of Everton groups that have been formed yeah. over the years and fan sites, but that is good to have someone who's sort of representing, because you could have everyone at Everton turn their nose up and think, well, Here's fuck it, you. Right. you know what I mean? But yeah. we've got someone yeah. there who you can sort of represent and relate to and say, well, we've got someone there fighting our corner from an Everton perspective. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't name fans and highlight how many fans there are, but there's been countless fans that we've helped you know, for, for whatever reason, fans have been arrested yeah. at away grounds, fans have been illegally arrested, fans have been, uh, you know, illegally victimised. The same things I can't say too much about, Mark, because of legal requirements, but there's ongoing cases now that 
when we're off the record, I'll tell you about. But obviously, I can't say them now. But there's, there's so much that you, you wouldn't believe that the, that the, the likes of the Blue Union are doing. Yeah. Um, that people don't understand. In terms understand. of fan representation, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and fan representation, yeah. Definitely. You see, I wouldn't know them things to be honest, Robin. And obviously, I'd love to speak to you more about it. Um, that's definitely something that interests me. I think what you get is with with Everton is the Blue Union sort of formed and then it was like bang bang you're either on board or not and then it's sort of shied away but I think a lot of the, the sort of questioning of Ken Wright and that will never go away no. and until we sort of find a solution we'll be here discussing it won't we and yeah. that's part of the frustrating thing and that was the other thing when you were talking about that before about the Portsmouth Leeds thing and all that you know and people saying well what if we, we sell to the wrong person? Well, if we sell to the wrong person, we'll have to force them out. And then yeah. you look at nearly every club has been taken over. Man City being taken over two or three times. Liverpool, you know, every club being taken over a couple of times. The major clubs. Can't just keep, Man United. Yeah. How many times Man United been taken over? How many times? Yeah. Man City. How yeah. many times Liverpool? Yeah. So why does it have to be when we get taken over? We'll be Portsmouth. It doesn't well, because. Well, that- that's if we get you, the wrong goal, then we'll push him out. And you'll, get, you'll, get, you'll always well, get that counter-argument, though, is, are we selling our soul? No. Are we going to become a Portsmouth and a Leeds? What we've got, a, we've got a chairman who's an Evertonian. Can, we've got can, a chairman who's poured his life into this club. I'm not what, saying these are my views, but these are the views of certain Evertonians. Well, so my you'll my always view, get that counter-argument yeah. to what you are both saying. Here's my view. We sold our soul when we let Bill Kenway take over. Because he took over... And he's proved to be an absolute. He's done more damage to Everton in in his, in his tenure than anyone has ever done before. Well, there you go. There's a damning statement in itself. So I think what I, we'll I do is. the less dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know you're, you're on the edge of your seat there, Mark. You look like you're going to jump over. <laughs> no, um, no. I keep interrupting him. Don't, I, I, no, to, Rob, <laughs> don't fucking invite him again. <laughs> <laughs> No, I totally agree with all you need to say, mate. I think, Jesus Christ, we've we've covered almost everything that we needed to. But someone wake David O'Keefe up. He's asleep in the corner. Oh yeah, (laughs) we've got David O'Keefe overdosing on Kit Kat chunkies in the corner. Yeah, someone wake the barman up. Um, Basically, what we're going to do now is we're going to have a little discussion about the Everton Supporters Trust. David O'Keefe, who joined us tonight, and he's been quietly uh, waiting for his turn. Jesus Christ, I'm surprised he hasn't got off um, in the (laughs) corner. He's the secretary of the Everton Supporters Trust, and um, he's got a lot of information for us. Um, There's been developments in recent weeks in terms of the Supporters Direct and Supporters Trust. Um, This is very relevant to what we're talking about, so... David, over to you if you need, you know, chip in. You want to talk about and give us a bit of an introduction and what you last discussed in your last meeting, maybe that'll give us an insight. Well, at the moment, um, I'd just like to to, to uh, make clear to everybody that the uh, Everton Supporters Trust is now uh, firmly established and registered with the uh, Supporters Direct and the Financial Conduct Authority. So I saw, I saw that on Twitter the other day. So it's now an official. Supporters Trust, recognised Supporters Trust, yeah? Yeah, we are uh, official, we're recognised, we're up and running and uh, we're pressing uh, ahead at full steam and we're hoping to have a a launch event hopefully in May or June of this year. Now, um, Are we getting an invite to that then or what? Well, it's an open invite to everyone who is interested in uh, becoming part of the Everton Supporters Trust. Now, the Trust is just there to uh, give supporters a voice on uh, off-field issues such as uh, ticketing prices after Goodson and uh, away games and uh, it's also 
like many other trusts, an ownership vehicle as well. Now, going back a couple of years, well, a couple of months actually, um, this all started at um, the Alex Young Suite in the uh, Park End uh, ground, where we had a meeting uh, to discuss establishing a supporters trust with um, what was then Trust Everton and now Everton First, uh, which and Everton First is now uh, a an organisation set up to uh, buy Everton's assets. So, uh, whereas uh, the trust is there to establish a uh, ownership stake for the supporters of the club. Now, at that meeting, uh, we had representatives from uh, Everton First, as they are now called, and uh, Andy Burnham. As I was well, there, MP. yeah. I, I was there. I sat in the, in the background with my pad. I didn't have a clue what anyone was talking about, but come on, carry on. <laughs> now, uh, Andy Burnham actually, uh, and I will be discussing like takeovers and the, uh, and the rest for the most of this podcast. Now, Andy Burnham made an excellent point here, which is that uh, we have to get the right owners. And Andy, put it, Andy Burnham put it in the correct terms. Uh, which is that he does not want this club to be taken over by a random individual and then the club to be, uh, well, effectively ruined. And that's uh, a third point raised by Andy. And this is why Andy supports, Andy Burnham is supporting supporters' trust, effectively. Because Andy's um, idea is that maybe we should have random individuals come together under a trust to buy an ownership stake in the club. And... That's an excellent idea and an excellent point made by uh, Andy Burnham MP. Now, I think this is a, a fair point because we're all asking about, well, who do we buy? Who buys Everton Football Club? Well, why not the supporters' trust? Well, yeah. lots of random fans come together. I don't care what people's opinions are about uh, Bill Kenwright, whether they be for or against, because we have to remember that Bill Kenwright is getting on a bit in years. So we do have to remember that uh, with this to be uh, to work, a lot of supporters have to get involved, come together. I'm okay. You people are worried about coming to Leeds or Portsmouth. Well, let's have let's have um, Evertonians. Well, Evertonians coming together, buying a stake in the club, and making decisions for the club. Because believe it or not, in a distant past under uh, Chairman George Mahone. Under George Mahone, um, the club was run by uh, under a um, under a, uh, a trust basis, really. You know, if you owned a share, you've got to say how you got to vote in how the club was run. It doesn't matter how many shares you won, just yeah. if you owned you a share, you still had to say. Yeah. You still had to say. Uh, now, effectively, the trust is effectively a form of democracy for. Uh, Everton Football Club. I, I was just going to say, is it, is it is it Everton Trust open to anybody to join or? To... It's open to anybody who buys into the trust aims, which is to have a uh, a stake in the club, to have a, to direct the club, to represent the fans. So any supporter can join a trust, and they will. And because the trust is under supporters' direct rule, democratic, they can vote. They can vote for the. Uh, Management in effect. Yeah. They can elect the chair. Yeah. They can elect the secretary. They can elect the treasurer. They can elect the board so members. There's four sorted then now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the manager. Hey, has this got the potential then to possibly own Everton Football Club one day? Well, 
to give to put things into perspective, there's going to be a hell of a lot of people before we even consider getting a 100% steak. But it doesn't actually have to be 100% steak. We it's could just have a, a steak, we could just have a, a yeah. you know a German model of 50 50 plus one. I mean, uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, we can as long as you um, have a, a stake in the club, you control the club. Mm-hmm. Now, my concern is that um, this is at its very infancy. We're going to be having a launch event in May or June. It's a bit like our podcast, Dave. <laughs> well, a, <laughs> acorns, acorns become oaks, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm open, so. <laughs> now, uh, I'm saying that to me, this is a small <laughs> Keep it clean, Rob. Keep it clean. Or <laughs> get it off. No, well, for example, to, just to get things back on track, I mean, yeah. uh, my United Supporters Trust has 200,000 members. Now, that's. In the it's event, an awful lot of people. It's an awful lot of people, yeah. <laughs> but in the event that, that the Glazers say, oh, I've had enough of this, I'll yeah. put a club for sale, well, they, theoretically, they could all ask the 200,000 members to contribute to a, a buyout bid. Mm. So mm. these are the things that uh, can be achieved. But we want to do an awful lot of things. You know, It's not just the ownership stakes. We want to introduce a great degree of democracy into Everton Football Club, which is uh, sadly lacking at the moment. Yeah. I mean, you had... Um, Things which is the border. More of a, dete- a dictatorship, Dave, I think, the way it's going. Well, it's more like a dictatorship of the money people yeah. at the moment. And uh, obviously, the big contentious point about becoming part of supporters is that you are tacitly admitting that you uh, don't think um, Mr. Kenwright and you know, all the private owners of football clubs aren't, aren't really up to the job. And unfortunately, the stats bear this out when you, when you look at. Uh, Number of clubs which have gone into administration under private ownership it doesn't yeah. mean that supporters' trust in themselves are. It's a safety net as well, isn't it, to some degree? Well, well yes, but, yeah. but to, just to uh, you know, give a bit, things a bit of balance, it doesn't mean supporters' trust in themselves would be a better owner, but I'd rather take my chance with uh, supporters' trust yeah. along with Everton's, whether they be for Bill Kenwright or against Bill Kenwright at the moment, coming together to take over when Bill Kenwright. Uh, like Mark, so that's the one so we've all got one thing in common. when you put it like that yeah it seems it seems although maybe not financially viable it seems more realistic in terms of what you'd want in terms of yeah a boardman a board sort of let's say dispersing for want of a better word um, having something in place whereas you can sort of take control and you'd have a number of people in place as well, so I can I can see I can see what you mean. But is that is that that something that the Blue Union have been in dialogue with? Then is is that just more of a? Uh, well, can I uh, interject it for the moment? Sorry, yeah, sorry, Dave. Sorry. Well, it's just that um, you know this isn't going to be the uh, Blue Union Supporters Trust because that spells bust. So <laughs> no <laughs> way! <laughs> oh, it does actually. Is that I was sitting the piss? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was besmirching your name. Tell us what is my fucking joke before. <laughs> well, actually, can I just uh, declare that? Just can, I just, can I just make a declaration okay. here? That's actually uh, Dave Kelly's joke. I'll uh, send the royalty check in the post. Okay. <laughs> Dave Kelly. So, uh, you know, Dave Kelly. That's Dave Kelly. The Dave. Uh, Dave Kelly's uh, the blue. The Blue Union chairman's joke, you know. Yeah. Uh, His name's in royalties or He's on the news yeah. enough, that fella. And, and you, you know, whatever he, uh, he's always involved somewhere down the line. But uh, definitely, yeah. You yeah. know, he's, he's a 
Well, just to make this clear, this is saying uh, you're independent of the um, Blue Union, yeah. and uh, we will have in May and June be having our uh, launch event. And uh, okay, I'm the interim secretary, you'll probably see me, but you will get a chance to vote on who becomes part of the management committee. But, and he's a big but, you have to become a member, you have to sign up to the, uh, the rules. With the How do you become a member then, Dave? Well, there's still a lot of things to be sorted out. I mean, we still have to decide whether we're offering free membership or offering membership at different rates to, uh, you know, over 65 students, you know, under 16s, you know. Well, even if you said... I'm looking at Robert, looking at over 65s and looking at Robert, I'm sorry about that. Fucking weird, my kick out of there. But there's still an awful lot to be sorted out by the steering group. But no matter what decision the steering group makes, because we're a democratic organisation, you know, the membership can take a vote and they'll chuck our decisions out, out to the, uh, yeah. you know, into the dustbin, really, effectively. Yeah. So, yeah. definitely. Have you got a website, though, Dave? Not yet. That's in the progress. We do have a Twitter account, uh, which is uh, so, so ASC underscore 1878. So, basically, if you're, if you're concerned about Everton and you want to join a, 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 a sort of a, a body that's independent of everyone else and is just only for the good of Everton is Everton Supporters Trust probably the one to join is that what you're saying? Well yeah, we strive to be uh, an independent group um, That's totally oh, democratic as well you said it's Oh well we are very very big on the democracy I mean the supporters uh, I think that's important given what goes on Does this mean you're affiliated with the Supporters Direct? And well we are we are affiliated with Supporters Direct we're actually with the Financial Conduct Authority obviously uh, as a group we're going to need to uh, need our membership we you're going to need our membership to fund it, and the yeah. membership will fund it. They're more than entitled to uh, have a say in who runs it, and, right. who, and they're entitled to a vote. So, in effect, someone who joins could could end up on the board there, or end up as a, a, a well, secretary or a chairman, or absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, if people are, I know I'm the uh, secretary at the moment, but if people yeah. are happy, happy with myself being on the being a, uh, the secretary, they can yeah. quite happily vote me out. That's, that's fine. Yeah, well, I'd vote you know, because I like my secretary with short skirts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced they will pull that uh, off. And them legs, them legs couldn't stand it, I'm sure they'll have to have one. God, God yeah. bless you, it's like, it's like being on London buses here. You know, with, uh, you know Robbie and... Uh... Like, like you say, Dave, it's very much in its infancy, this. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, you need your, if people to follow you on Twitter yeah, and for the awareness to, to grow. I definitely think it's a good thing, what you're doing. And like Rob says, it does, whether you like it or not, does form some kind of safety net in the future. Um, if we are still stuck with this board, there is a, another but option for us, I think that's good. Sorry to jump in there, but I remember going to the meeting at, um, in the park end, and I'd been invited, not by anyone spectacular, but they'd said, you can basically go along. And I, I went on my own, and I sat there with a pad, and I thought, I'll listen to what anyone's got to say. Yeah. And I thought, to be honest, yeah. In, in, in respect of what, what I was listening to, I thought, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. But then it, a lot comes down to finances and involvement and you've got to try and promote it. And that's what I thought. That's where my lingering doubt was. But the people, the passion I got from the people who present it and the passion I got from the people who were sitting in the room, I thought, why not? Why yeah. not? Anything's possible, really. And, and I know you guys probably drew examples from other clubs because there is... 
say, I know you are in your infancy, but there's stronger supporters groups in place at other clubs, isn't it? I'm sure Spurs was an example. Am I right? Well, you're right that Spurs. I mean, we're currently drawing up our uh, aims and objectives, and one of our aims and objectives will be an ownership stake. And uh, and even and even before we go to like maybe like 100% ownership, maybe too much, but. Could we not strive for, for example, having a um, a fan on the board, for example, you know, another fan alongside Bill <laughs> Kenwright? No, I'm, trying to, get, I'm trying to get rid of one of his own mates. Turn it in, will you? We have got it's an oust one here, and he's trying to put one in. Well, more like a fan that we have. Jesus Christ, I'm here to shape my life. More like a fan that we want on the board, yeah, shall absolutely. we say? Shall we yeah. say? But we no, definitely, yeah. But we've got to do a, an awful lot of things. I think uh, the problem with Everton is um, a lack of uh, democracy, and I think a lot of trans- a lack of transparency as well, Dave. Well, a lot of all, a lot of things actually. But uh, I think I would at this moment in time, I'd rather have um, a supporters' trust uh, having a significant say in the club than the current private ownership. Who uh, I'm afraid to say haven't done a very good job, and I'm. I'm being very, 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 very mild in my criticisms, really, in contrast to what I put on Because you've got to be, because you're contracted, aren't you? I <laughs> am. Dave's, Dave's on the payroll, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. But the I'm thing is, joking. though, Rob, you, you've got your ties with Blue Union. Mm. You're a member of Blue Union. Dave and Everton supporters talk, we're not tied to anyone. No, I you just have to know. respect each other's views here. I know you might be biting your tongue yeah. with certain things and you might think, oh, well, that's not feasible or that's not reality. But at the end of the day, this is what <clears> Dave and, no, and, and, and other Evertonians are coming up with. And I, I remember going to that meeting and being fascinated by what was discussed and people's knowledge of the club. And I thought, I look like some stupid kid in the corner. <laughs> but I sat there and I thought, well, that right. You finally got him on the age thing, Rob. <laughs> at least I'm on the now, man. Can you help me out to the bus in a minute? <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. It's different, different ways of people trying to make things work, yeah. isn't it? And you know, the, the, no, people, the people in the Ivory Tower, the Goodison Park, are sitting there probably looking down us, thinking they're doing a podcast, and he's got his uh, agenda there for the, the supporters group, and he's got the Blue Union, and they're probably laughing the tits off. But at the end of the day, we all share the one common ground and support and everything. You want what's best, so we do well, totally, mate. We do. Well, just uh, we do have to uh, cons- consider the future from now on. We can all argue about what went on in the past, but the future is the only thing that really matters from this point on. It does, it does, and obviously there's been concerns raised here tonight, and the, what you're all trying to do there, Dave. You know, we'll we'll happy, happily come back and interview you, and, and after your next meeting. Give us some dialogue and give us an insight into it because a lot of people, like like Rob, Rob explained about the Blue Union before, people don't know a lot about them. They just judge from what they see on maybe the Twitter or the Facebook or the pictures or the whatever. Yeah. Whereas you'll be the exact same. A lot of people won't know unless you sort of try and explain it. Well, this is a group that's in its uh, very infancy and uh, we've got a lot of work to do. We're not going to like uh, have one, have a launch event, and then the next week launch a takeover bid. That's not likely to happen. No, yeah. we've got you've got to Baby build, build and build and build. Yeah, and I don't care if people uh, think um, 
Bill Kane right is a blue devil or uh, Bill Cameron's best thing since sliced bread and uh, you know olive oil or whatever <laughs> we've just got to uh, think about the future and I want people to think about um, what is what do you want the future of um, Everton Football Club to be you want to take the risk with a random individual who buys uh, Bill Kenwright's shares or John Wood's shares or Robert Earl's shares for an overinflated price or, or Philip Green shares or Philip Green shares I or think what? he's the main one yeah yeah well uh, <laughs> they haven't finished lots <laughs> sorry, sorry. or do you want to uh, have Evertonians under the banner of supporters trust owning the club outright because I think no matter what your views on Bill Kenwright I think you can I think collectively we can all do a better job of running the club than uh, Bill Kenwright and the company running running the club. I think we can. Re- I think it's an idea that needs to be explored. It needs to be worked at. And I think we can do so much good in the in the, even in the interim to uh, owning the club. We can even uh, you know represent fans. We can be better than the, the fans forum because yeah. this well, democratic for the start. Well, we will be yeah. democratic because that isn't. We will be democratic. Yeah. We won't bar anybody from uh, standing for election. Yeah. You know, unless we have extremely good reasons for doing so. No blacklists. You know, there'll be no blacklists forever. I mean, I don't care really. I mean, uh, even some of my biggest critics on Twitter could join the, uh, you know, like Rob. Could <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, join the sports. I'm actually, I'm a, you know, I'm a great uh, advocate of football um, supporters trust. I think it's the way to go. I'd like to see every club, personally, owned in part by the supporters. Yeah. Because, you know, the, 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 the wishes of the, of the many outweigh, outweigh the benefits of the few, if you like. You know, and I, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer that that it is the way to go. The thing, and, the it, thing and it will be the way to the go. The question I'd say, though, is um, people will listen to this and they'll ask, well, you're not a businessman and you're not a businessman. So how do you know how to run a football club? Well, uh, my answer to that is that you don't know how to do anything unless you actually go out and do it. Mm. And I know this because like, I, uh, run a vol- I've run a volunteer group for the uh, past eight years. I, d- I didn't have a clue when I started. But now, that's yeah. got its own offices, it'll have a registered charity number. But the point is, you've got to try and do things. You won't go automatically get everything right, but you've, the point is you've got to try. And well, I would I would like to assure everybody that this will be democratic. If you don't think that, if, you, if you're unhappy with the uh, the management of the trust, you can kick them out. And I think that's what the club needs: you need a democratic trust, you need a democratic board, and you need a membership uh, for it to work. So sounds a lot better than cloak and daggers, Steve. It sounds a hell of a lot better. I mean, I'm, I've come on here and I've advocated uh, democracy for the club, democracy through a, a trust organisation, and we want to do an awful lot. We want fans representation, we want fan ownership, fan ownership, fan control, fans on the board. There's, an, there's a long way to go, but it's a journey that's worth undertaking by all the supporters. A lot more fan involvement, Dave, yeah. We need, I think that is the way forward for the club. I, didn't, um, <clears throat> didn't the Labour Party say something about um, promoting supporters' trusts and things like that? Didn't they, I know you mentioned Andy Burnham before, but <clears throat> isn't it part of 
um, maybe Labour's manifesto or policy or whatever, or they're looking to advocate well, I think, uh, uh, more, more fan ownership in, 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 uh, in regard to um, sort of fan, you know, uh, governance, financial governance in football. Well, uh, I think this, I don't want to get into the politics of things, but the Oh, you, you, rem- you remember? <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you remember that new Labour and the stakeholder, uh, <clears throat> your economy, which you know, which didn't really work out so much. But this is uh, their idea was that the economy should work for shareholders, business owners, workers, you know, even people who were you know unemployed, what benefits. So, so, so the idea of the, the supporters trust is that. Uh, which has been promoted is that they don't consider just uh, them being private businesses, the community assets. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, it's like a charity. Uh, what was going on, what, what I meant was, did, did, did I not, I might, I might be wrong here, Dave, that the, the Labour Party were looking at sort of trying to implement something. So the Premier League or, the, or you know, uh, sort of look at who owns football clubs and, and, and try and be more transparent with the fans and stuff like that. Um, well, this is something that I think all political parties should look at. Yeah, well, I know, and, uh, but, but I'm quite sure that the Labour Party actually said that they, they would... They well, surely that, I don't want, in terms of coming up to the election, surely that's on the, on the last list of what the, the, the political parties need to do, though. Well, don't and, I'm sorry, being a bit of realism to it, football is not compared to running the country, is it? Well, they all had their own departments. No, no, the no, 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 under private ownership has been pretty disastrous. I mean, about 50 of the 92 yeah. uh, football league clubs going into administration <clears> at some point in the past 10, 15 years. And uh, even under our own private ownership, we've had uh, you know, Mark yeah. and uh, Robert stating a list of complaints against them. Quite justifiably, in my view, but I don't want to go into too many details about it. But our own, uh, for the trust, uh, purpose and with the party political uh, aspects on it, we don't uh, we're not aligned to any political party. But uh, the fact that Burnham was uh, at the initial meeting back in May, back not in May but uh, about six months ago, is a, is a clear indication of Labour Party policy that he's in favour of uh, trust and yeah. trust ownership and supporter ownership. And why should we uh, why should we allow the private uh, private ownership model to prevail and the biggest disgrace is that the Football League and the Premier League um, are so far neutral which is effectively saying well quite like this state for thirds where a lot of clubs uh, can be badly run by the private owners and uh, you know go bust go into administration it's unacceptable it's an unacceptable state for thirds I mean what you don't want is you don't want another Wimbledon situation where the club gets relocated to uh, Milton Keynes. That's the worst case scenario. What will happen to Everton? That's we, the very we worst. Get re- we get relocated to Wallasey. We nearly got relocated. Nearly did. Nearly did the Kirby, yeah. The Matchbox Stadium. The last, was that, how long ago was the Kirby? Uh, 2006. 2009, sorry. 2009 yeah. it ended, but <clears throat> you've, got to, you've got to bear in mind that uh, 
I know a lot of people think, um, and I know you've broached, broached this before, it's okay, I'm not a businessman. Well, Bill Kenwright's a businessman, but he's not been very successful. Robert Earl's a businessman, but he's not been very successful. John Woods has been a business is a businessman. He's not been very successful. So well, why, the why, thing why, is, Dave, I, I know that. I know that, and he might say that, and he might say that. But the thing is, two thirds of Evertonians might say, "Well, hang on, they're the businessmen in charge of my football club, and I'm happy to just pay me season ticket and go the match, and I'm not asked about that side of things." So then they'll always. They won't get spoken out against. You know what I mean? Well, I appreciate it. It's until sort of you do something or he does something with the Blue Union about it, then, or we do something on a podcast that it gets talked about. Well, the, the issue is uh, that we tend to think that uh, you know rich people are brighter than the rest of us, and uh, well, you are to be honest, Dave. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm making that point now, but the point is that's not necessarily true based on the previous performance of the current Everton board yeah. and the fact that 50 of the 90 other football league clubs have gone into uh, administration yeah. in the past 10-15 yeah. years that they, it ain't necessarily the case yeah. and I, yet I we've had some real successes you know with Portsmouth with AFC Wimbledon and they've been great success stories the fact that Portsmouth are still in the football league yeah. under sports ownership is a cracking success for yeah. sport yeah. ownership yeah. Yeah. You know, my, uh, my hometown club Wrexham is supporter run and you know, I know they're in the conference and everything like that, but they've been at it for three just years. Just the now. manager today, didn't you, Mark? Yeah, quite justifiably so. I mean, I'm not ignorant to lower league football. Can't you can't lose to Ferriby United at Wembley and keep your job. That's just not cricket. No, not acceptable, no. Not Joe Owens thought he was a bit of a sheep shadow. That's yet he's gone. Fucking hell. I just wanted to take you back there to about how successful John Woods was, Robert Hill was, and Bill Kenwright was as businessmen. But they are very successful in their own fields. Robert Hill is great at promoting the Earl of Sandwich and whatever in America. And yeah. Bill Kenwright's great at putting on a <laughs> stage production of Billy Liar and starring in it. And John Woods. A little plug for your Twitter handle there, lad. And jo- yeah, sorry, yeah. And John Woods is great at whatever he does, being quiet. But obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they are successful, but what they haven't been successful at is running the football no. club. Well, so, sorry to correct you there, David. Well, you're quite right. Because I they've mean, all made the millions in their own field. You, but when it comes to football, and I think the reason why they haven't been successful at Everton is because they're not hands-on. They're not hands-on. They're all over the place. Robert Hill's in America. Bill Kenwright's in Loveyland. <laughs> and John Woods is fucking But I think, I think that, I think that's, that's, a, that's part of the angle. David, David and Robert, so, we're, we're the ones who are, you know... Yeah. Working our asses off on County Roads. I'm not saying we all work down there, but we go to County Roads to watch the match. Selling your asses on County Roads. <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah, that was the one, yeah. Is that what you said? That's my man, sorry, isn't yeah. it? You're not um, making much money out of it. And at the end of the day, you get these people who just fly in, you'll watch the match, they'll yeah. drive away. Yeah. I don't drive personally, you know what I mean? I walk to the match, and you get it, and you sort of think, I'm not getting nothing back. So ultimately, what you might have had in terms of protests and disagreements a while back yeah. so, sort of coming to fruition more yeah. nowadays and people more realising whether or not they need people to wake them up and give them an opinion yeah. that's fair enough that's every man well, I think or the 20 years exactly can, can I just say something about that, Mark? Um, you said to me before about um, 
when the Blue Union started, he didn't agree with the way it was going. But well, I didn't, and, and it's then, not that I didn't no, agree no, with it, I just didn't approve of the way they went about yeah, it. Yeah, the way they went about it. Listen, you know, each of his own opinion. What, was, what I'm trying to get across is, the, the greatest thing for me is when somebody who sort of voted for Kirby then goes, right, I now realise that it was a bad idea. Yeah. And, and someone who says, you know, um, you know, I didn't agree with the Blue Union and, and they, you know, they went about it their own way. And uh, but, but now actually I, I see a different perspective on it because most of the people that didn't agree with the Blue Union have never come down and when we have our private meetings and you've been there, yeah, yeah. yeah. our weekly meetings, our yeah. fortnightly meetings, you've yeah. come down and sat there yeah. and, and you've been amazed, haven't you? The different... But what I'm saying is, yeah. the hardest thing for people to do is to admit they were wrong about Kirby, about maybe the Blue yeah. Union, about... Don't do, do, yeah. you know, but Half the world thought the earth was flat at one time, you know what I mean? When, uh, yeah. You've got to sort of be prepared. I'll admit I'm wrong when I'm wrong. Yeah. You know, uh, and, yeah. and I've been wrong in things. Not often, like. The thing is, I won't sit here and say, I won't sit here and backtrack on everything because I'm not saying I was no, wrong. No. My views on the Blue I'm Union will always stand. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying no, you are wrong. No, what I'm saying is, it takes a bigger man to, to, to go. Well, maybe it didn't look at that in the right angle or... Yeah, yeah. Well, now that I'm a bit older though, Rob, to be honest, and, and I look at it and I think, well, hang on, I want the best for Everton and I, I pay money and go and watch them. And I want to go and watch them and want, want them to do things, but I'm always feel like I've that, got these sort of things dragging me down and that's a lot... That's a lot thing. Someone Blue Union, that. The Blue, Blue Union, Union was one yeah. thing, but that was one thing in my life growing up, you know what I mean? Yeah. That I'm not basing all my views around the Blue no. Union, and I'm not for, for one minute sitting here saying, yeah, I completely agree with it. No. But yeah, I can see it, and I respect that opinion. Whereas at the time, I was like, ah, what are you doing? Yeah. Fucking calm yeah. down. Stop causing murder. Do, but do, I, I, now yeah. I can see it as a... Yeah. As a sort of more mature view and think, well, yeah. Do, do but I think the Blue Union themselves have changed. You might not probably see it, but I think the things have calmed down. But really... I don't think you, they have, like, but, but No, you it, haven't calmed down, but things, things in terms of fans have realised... I've realised similarities to what the Blue Union were highlighting, maybe. What I'm saying. Yeah. Well, what the Blue Union... So I'm not saying you were right... No, oh, no, sorry. No. I'm not saying you were right all along, we've all got to stick with you. No. I'm just saying people have sort of mellowed to the idea. To yeah, yeah. But yeah. What, what I'm saying is, it, it become a it become a thing of the Blue Union was the only show in town because it was the only show that was opposing the stagnation. I mean, we might have been a little bit early for some people and, and what yeah. have you. Yeah. And and a lot That's of a people, yeah. but it's true, isn't it? And a lot yeah. of people fixated on the fact of, you know, was the interview taped or was it not taped or was it recorded? Fixated on the wrong well, details. Well, what was it? Well, what, 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 you, what, what you what they must know fixed, what, what, what happened in that infamous fixed, interview. Well, let, let me just finish um, this. What they should have fixated was on what, just, what, uh, you know, get back in what the terminology yeah, yeah. was. Yeah, and, 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 and as for that, um, as far as I know, because I never went on the meeting, as far as I know, and as far as everyone's ever told me that, the, yeah. you know, it, it was never taped, it was never recorded. And, and let's face it, how long ago was it? Have you ever heard an aspect of it? Have you ever seen a snippet of it? Have you ever seen it? Has anyone leaked it? Have no, you ever heard? never. I'll, I'll tell you this much, right? And, and this is to the 
to the Blue Union's credit, right? I've, I've read the full transcript of that interview. And the things that were left out of that transcript, and I'll tell you this, is, absolutely honestly, the things that were left out of that transcript were to save Bill Kenwright embarrassment. And if the Blue Union just hated Bill Kenwright, yeah. and if I just hated Bill Kenwright, and I'll be honest with you, when I read it, I went, get it out there. I went, get it out there. Let everyone know what he's like. And other people, Dave Kelly in particular, went, no, 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 no. This is about football and nothing else. And it's about Everton Football Club. Yeah. And, I, and this is why I've got that, the utmost respect for Dave Kelly, because he's a man of principle. Whereas I, at that time, would have come out with certain things that I knew. And The and thing is, people will listen to this, Rob, and people will say, well, is Dave Kelly then with all the information about the chairman of our football club? Yeah, he is, yeah. And we all are. But, but, but why but, are we withholding it? Are we withholding it, though? For the sake of... No, no, information about... For the sake of someone else? No, information about personality, about that person or whatever, about oh, yeah. other things that he said that, that were... Slightly football related, but nothing to do with the governance of Everton Football Club. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? It's like you coming off here now and saying to me that you met fucking Robert Elstone last week in a dress. I did in the sunbed by ass. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not that I'm saying we, we've seen Bill Kenwright in a dress because that wasn't me. Let us to go David O'Keefe. Well, well, going over the uh, the past and the past and the past again. I mean, we've got to think about the future from this point on. It's been twenty years without a trophy. Can we go? Do we want to go over twenty years without a trophy? Uh, are we all worried about what uh, what happened to say the, the awful event of Bill Kenwright's uh, passing away, for example? What would be the situation for the uh, the club then? Because we had a bit of that stage, a bit of the hiatus under the, when John Moores, Sir John Moores was uh, ill and uh, in failing health and, and an eventual death before Peter Johnson took over. We've got to start planning for these eventualities. And uh, and I feel supporters trust, okay, I'm biased, I'm the secretary of it, is a way to deal with these uh, potential problems and issues. and. We can't keep pulling them off. I know people are concerned about the next random individual who will take over from uh, Bill Kenwright. We need to be the next option for Bill Kenwright. If Bill Kenwright wants support, Everton supporters to take over the club, we need to come together under a banner and to uh, pool our resources, whether they be financial or intellectual, and, uh, come, and, then, say to, and then say to Bill Kenwright eventually saying, and say to Mr. Kenwright, Mr. Earl, Mr. Woods, you know, we want to buy, we want to buy the club. We yeah. want to own it. We've got our own ideas. Can you, can you name the price, please? That's what we want to do. Yeah. We can't fixate on the past, which a lot of people in the club are doing, whether they be in the boardroom or in the stands. But, We've re- got to but think realistically, Dave, people will say, though, people will say, we'll name your price, and we. we you know what I mean? We can have a bevy in a pub, but we can't name a price to a, a chairman of a Premier League football club. Well, so if Ken, if Ken Wright, God forbid, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Ken Wright is not the chairman of Everton Football Club anymore. 
and who takes charge. It'll be Robert Earlstone, won't it? You know, it'll be the rest of them. But ultimately, what supporters group can support the network of owning a football club well, in terms of the price of it, the cost and maintenance of it, the financial involved, you know, it's just, it's massive. The operation of a football club is huge. There are many ways to do. I'm not down. I'm not down what you're what you're doing, Dave. By the way, I'm just. I think it's a connection. Well, you like to ask these questions. Uh, yeah. It's a big ask. I look at from a business point of view. Well, you're right. It's a big ask, and it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort to get together. I need you need the uh, critical mass to do it, and the group's in its infancy. And anyone listening to this would uh, would would quite rightly say. You're off your cake. And I'd agree with them at this moment in time. But the point is, you've got to try. You've yeah. got to really try, put the effort in, put the hours in, get the support, because, and this is open to everyone, finding you um, buy into the uh, Supporters Trust aims and objectives, you can join the club. I don't care what your previous opinions are about myself or Bill Kenwright. I, you know, this is democratic. This is something that you will own, something you will control, and something that will potentially allow you a stake in the club. Because Everton's problems are a lack of democracy, and more democracy would help the club. Um, from a business point of view, there's a lot of talent and a lot of skills out there in the Everton yeah. fan base. For example, uh, Keok, if they had been listened to, would have saved the club £4 million in like costs for uh, the Kirby project. And that's four million pounds that could have gone on there. A player who could have earned us a Champions League place or a trophy. You yeah. know, um, these are you know these are fine points, isn't it? These are fine points. Okay, do you want to uh, chip in, Rob? Can I just say something? Um, yeah, but what I wanted to say was, did I get a pint then? Or was that mine? <laughs> is it mine? Yeah, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, we just discussed well, well, some points. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, what I was going to say was, um, I've got, uh, obviously, uh, to my great shame and detriment, uh, um, I know liberal supporters, <laughs> they're friends of mine, if you like. So um, do I. Yeah, I see your do. shame. But, <laughs> and, and some of them are members of, or have been members of the liberal supporters, so SOS, is it? Is that the, the liberal supporters? Shankly, yeah. Shankly, yeah, I think right. I may know one of them, actually. Right, well... <laughs> They told me that they managed to get Anfield uh, named as a, a historical um, asset of community value. Could this, the Everton Supporters Trust do something like that to Goodson Park? Which it, it ineffectively means, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that if it gets put up for sale or if the board decides to do something with it, you'd get notified and you'd have 12 months notification to sort of buy the ground if you wanted to, if you could put a bit together. And is, is that... Is that? That's something that we would, uh, we would look is it, at. Is that actually true, I mean, is that... Yeah. Is it true, though, Dave, or the, is it just a pipe scene? Yeah, could the supporters trust... I don't want to sound harsh, because I completely appreciate what you're trying to say and do. But is it, a, is it yeah. true or is it a pipe dream? It's something that could be done, but it's crucial that you get the support and get the membership and you get the funding in place because 
I'll say to you right now, if you haven't got a website in place, you haven't got a start. So I could say we'll set up a website for that, right? Without sounding very critical, because I'm not. What you're doing there, you need a website for a start. You need well, a fi- you've got I the Twitter. Agree. I would agree. You need a website, and any one of us could probably set up that website, and there's a start. And those sorts of things, that's when you kick on. And I don't want to be critical, but I'm just saying, these sorts of things, if you want to put it in place, I completely appreciate what you're doing and what you're saying, that's fine. Yeah. But in this modern day and age, you need the sort of technology, technical, technological background to it. You need your website, you need your, your, your social feeds, okay. you need to broaden the market rather than me inviting you to come and talk on a podcast and I completely agree with a lot of the things that you've said but in terms of the techni- technology side of it you need to yeah you need to go and that might not be your role because you're the you're the secretary and I as I say well, I agree with a lot you've said but you well, need to it's all right you saying it to me on a podcast but how many people are going to hear this podcast well the idea is that uh, we probably get a substantially larger number uh, or people listen to this podcast than say who are uh, attending the steering group meetings for a start at Park. So uh, that's one. That's answering one point. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely. Uh, yeah. But as a regarding whether having a website, well, obviously that's something that we're going to need to do for the start. A steering group's one thing, no, Dave. But actually putting the actions into words is another. Well, these are the things that we're going to have to do over the next uh, couple of months, and. Uh, I'll t- I'll just to reassure you, Mark, uh, a lot of people have tried to set up supporters' trust, but they haven't got as far as we've had in the past uh, 10 years. So this is you going ahead. You to build on that momentum. Well, um, yeah. the momentum's the the steering group's the the support will hopefully be there. Yeah. And we're right. moving ahead, and we've got uh, big ideas, we've got big plans, and we're hoping that builds and builds and builds, gains some momentum. Hopefully people will, will listen to this and say, yeah. well, you know, we're worried about who will the next uh, individual individual will uh, own the club. Well, how about we get a lot of individuals come together under a banner of the trust to own the club? That would be better. Can I just concept. say something? Um, yeah. As regarding supporters' trust, from what I've known is that they they're affiliated to supporters direct, aren't they? Well, we are affiliated, yes. And they've got about, well, about a couple of million members or whatever. So it's, it's a well-backed thing. And no, of course. That's, well, that's why I said support, to you before, didn't I? But, so, was, so, is it the Spurs so, supporters group? Yeah, but supporters direct are, are, are actually promoting supporters' trust hmm. across the Premier League and across, across the Championship and, and, and every football club. So... This is the way the future, and I agree with what you pulled him up on about the website and all that. But as he said, they're only the stadium group in the infancy of it. So well, that's fair, yeah. It is going to be the it is going to be the future. I'm quite sure. I completely understand. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Mark, is that you got to go, you got to be an acorn before you become an oak. Don't go down that tree. Yeah. And uh, you know we're currently in our uh, you know, but we've got an acorn here. Let's let it grow. Let's uh, come together under this banner. Yeah. And uh, I, I believe it can work. I believe it'd be quite successful. 
Well, things I mean, like this will help, so you just need to keep raising awareness. Well, just to give an example there, my United Supporters Trust have a, a free membership, but they have 200,000 members. Say that came up for the, the Glazers said, we've had enough, let's put it up for sale. 200,000 members I bet will, will you, be... I bet uh, you they're will, all not in Salford. Well, I agree with you there, you know. Uh, some of them may even support yeah. Salford City, but... Uh, oh, no, only mess. But... Uh, let's not get John Barnes on. Yeah, all right, but fair enough. <laughs> but uh, 200,000 members is... Uh, you know, yeah. that will be enough to to start an embryonic uh, takeover bid because if it came up for sale, MUST said we want to buy the club. 200,000 members could become 400,000, 600,000 members in an instance, I believe. And if they all put their monies in, whether it be a pound, a tenner, a tonne, a thousand or ten thousand, that's a bit. It's all about total ownership, isn't it? It's about having stakeholders in the club. Well, you can influence yeah, yeah, what's happening. Well, you totally totally yeah. well, you're right, you're right, Rob. I mean, Swansea, uh, the, Swans, the Swans Trust own 20% of Swansea Football Club, but uh, they get a dividend from the club's success. They've uh, contributed an awful lot to that club's success because uh, most of all, the trust starts uh, are when the club are basically on their uh, backside. This isn't exactly the case with Everton. So if you own it, you, you get 20% of the debts, and Dave, I think you're on a fucking downer there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, well, the thing is, Rob, you've got to start somewhere, yeah, and you've got to, uh, I mean, a, a trust would be a lot of people involved in the club, and I think, I, I think, I think, more, thing, yeah. I think yeah. more people involved in the club will lead to a better club, because at the moment we've got, what, four people? Four directors and the Robert Elstone. Let's say if we had a greater, greater moment, greater involvement with supporters. For example, you know, just speaking about the bike, that wouldn't have seen the light of day. Never mind. Got, never mind. Yeah. They've won a shirt. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I really feel for the fans forum because they got held out, hung out to dry over it. Yeah. You know, it's a real shame. Yeah. But uh, but then they end up, they end up designing a new one, didn't they? They were, they, well, were, they were appointed by the board, so they weren't democratic. I know anyway, lads so. there who could design a fucking badge like that. Yeah, I Probably, think. Yeah. Look, uh, I, I think. Uh, I think Fisher Price. Have you seen the Toffee Art? He's done a great one, Toffee Art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tommy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Tommy, yeah. But I think this is the main, the main problem. I mean, there's a democratic deficit to most football clubs, and I think. David O keeps standing here with a with a with a pint in his hand saying this by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I stand by you. I, I salute you. Well, I think I think um, I think what we need to do is it's it's been over two hours this podcast. <laughs> I do apologise. Who knows if anyone's gonna listen to this now? You said you don't drive, I drove here in my fucking car and drive around six pints. Now, now I'm gonna get a taxi. Who's gonna pay my expenses? Fucking Ken Wright! Your bus pass doesn't work after fucking midnight. Can I have a kickback, Chucky? <laughs> no, I no. think um, I think what we need to do is um, we need to draw the school closed because well, Jesus Christ, we'll be here all night, yeah. Before we, you draw we'll be paying it. taxes, probably. But I think uh, Mark's got something to say. Just a little last one before we, we finish the podcast, all right? Yeah, no problem. It's just um, the... Um, I want to just give a shout-out to the Parents Support Group, the Liverpool Autistic Children's Alliance. and They're a fantastic group of uh, voluntary um, sort of parents who offer friendship, support, sort of sharing ideas, difficulties and concerns to parents and children of autism. Uh, they meet in the Joseph Lappin Centre in the lane every Friday 
um, of every month, uh, every first Friday of every month. Um, and basically it's um, they do fantastic work, but they get no recognition for it. I'm just trying to raise awareness and for everyone to get down there um, when it's on and, and, and promote the message as, uh, as much as they can. Nice one, Mark. Well, nice one. Well, it's um, good to speak to everyone. Like everyone, I'd like Thanks, to thank Mark. David O'Keefe for taking part. Thank you, Mark. I'd like to thank Rob Daniels for taking part. Piss off your latest swat. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to thank fucking Mark Ellis. <laughs> Pleasure as always, Mark. Yeah, no, honestly, we've done over two hours there, and I yeah. think everyone will be sick of this on iTunes. Fuck that. We'll, we haven't done one for a while, so hopefully they'll oh, embrace yeah. everyone. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.